1: Anthony Fauci has announced his resignation, and he announced it early. About a month ago, he said he was going to resign at the end of Joe Biden's first term. Now he's going to be resigning in December. He says he's not retiring, though. He's going to keep working, just, you know, not in government. Republicans have responded that this has a lot to do with potential investigations coming after the midterm elections. And I think that's probably right. Now, we actually struggled with what to lead with. I think, you know, Fauci announcing his resignation. Fauci has uh, announced his resignation. What is this? Oh, that might yeah, be coming from me. Is it? Ian? Did you hear that? Ian, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm an animal. I don't oh, know. He's I'm watching. watching the show. The YouTube's screwing watching up. i frying eggs or Ian me. turns his volume all the way up. Alright, so we were, we were actually struggling with um, uh, which story to lead with because there's another story. Two bombs were planted in West Virginia. One at a federal courthouse and one at a church. The bomb squad showed up and detonated the device in the federal courthouse. We don't know. Uh, we don't know exactly why or what happened. There's, there's some other news, too. Donald Trump is suing to block the FBI from reviewing seized materials. According to uh, some people who worked in the Trump administration, they believe that these materials are related to the Russia Gate investigation, which makes a lot of sense. And we've also seen reporting that the FBI group that went after these documents was the same group that actually led the Russia collusion FBI investigation, so it sounds like things are pretty corrupt across the board. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is crazy. Plus, the the assassination of Alexander Dugan's daughter. Man, what a Monday, I guess. Wow. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com to become a member if you'd like to support our work. We are going to have a members-only show coming up for you at 11 p.m., and this one's going to be very good. We're going to get in uh, deep details about COVID and vaccines, because—so uh, uh so first, let me say— smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And the after show is going to be particularly important because we are being joined by the Surgeon General of Florida, Joe Latipo.
2: Thank you. I'm very happy to be here with you tonight.
1: So do you want to give a brief introduction on uh, who you are, what you do?
2: Yeah, sure. My name is Joe Latipo. I am the Surgeon General of Florida. Prior to that, I was a professor at UCLA. And prior to that, I was a professor at at NYU. And I'm a physician, I'm a researcher, I have a background in, in research and I mostly did research and I took care of patients at UCLA Ronald Reagan Hospital in West Los Angeles. And I've enjoyed my position as the Surgeon General of Florida and, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about some medical health, health issues at some point, I think.
1: Perfect timing. I mean, we, we book you and then Fauci announces he's yeah, resigning. He, he may have resigned
2: because you booked that's him. Right, that's You're right. Like, oh, no. That's right.
1: The temperature's getting, getting warmer. When, uh, when Joe walked in, I'm like, my wrist is kind of screwed up because I was skating. So, you know, and then he's like, let me see. he actually, as a doctor, took a look at my wrist. So this guy's a real doctor. Uh, glad you could be here.
2: Tim promised not to sue. You that's know, right. I told that's <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Glad you're here. We also have Hannah Claire Brimlow.
3: Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. That's it.
0: What's up, everybody? <laughs> Ian Crossland here. Happy to be here. Good to see you. Let's get rolling. We also got Chris Poole. Hi, I'm Chris.
1: Lydia's not on vacation. She's getting. Is, wait, is it public? Why she's off? Yeah, she today? posted yeah, it online. Oh, okay. For she's surgery. got surgery. I'm like, wait, am I going to announce that she's getting surgery and no one knows? Getting a got wrist fix. Yeah, see, I fell and hurt my wrist and I ignored it. And now it's like a month later and it's still messed up, but I'm like, whatever. I can still use, I can still type and play the guitar and everything. And the uh, the doctor over here took a look at it and it seems okay, right? Did
2: I, did I stay ready that any- he promised not to sue <laughs> if I misdiagnosed <laughs> yeah, him? Yeah. yeah. yeah well, you know, Tim yeah. should have, he should probably have a brace. He should probably get some physical therapy. Um, I'm, you guys need to tell his mom so that you
0: know oh, she someone can make show, him do it. So <laughs> Get Joanne fired up.
1: I think Lydia did the more responsible thing. She went to the doctor, and they were like, "We need to give you surgery." And then I'm just kind of like, "When you know, it just kind of pops when up." When you please.
0: investigated his wrist, what was it? Was it a little like swollen, tender? What'd you What'd you notice? He,
2: he doesn't have any swelling, but yeah. he's got some laxness in in some of his wrist joints, and he probably just needs to kind of have it immobilized. so really? um, that that's probably part of the, the treatment plan and everything for them. You know, yeah. They, I <laughs> just like that answer. So that, you know, you're not you're not arthritic when you're when you're it works
0: uh, a little bit
1: you know hey years. we got a, we got a music video coming out on friday oh, man, so you know, now it's not the time to immobilize my wrist what do you so i well, actually the it's just Carter submerge the guitar, it so. and let it just float just, in the tub well, does
0: that help
2: you you can be like a doctor and be a bad patient so you can you can wear the wrist brace and then take it off to play guitar and skateboard and then when you come into the doctor's office say that you've been adherent i actually so that's I, how doctors are
1: i put the wrist brace on when i am skate, skating okay yeah so i was skateboarding earlier and i was i always wear the wrist guard okay. and i actually that's fell cool. on it and I'm glad I was wearing the wrist card. Okay.
2: You know? Oh nice. Yeah.
1: And then when I'm doing the, you know, uh, when I'm doing the bigger ramps now, I started wearing a helmet. Cuz I started thinking about it and I'm like I've never hit my head in my life. But it would kind of suck for everybody who worked here if I hit my head and they lost their jobs. So I'm like... Yes,
3: I'm really opposed to this. I would personally like it if you wore a helmet every (laughs) time. Me and your mom are like, Tim, put a helmet on.
1: My mom's like, my son's in danger. And Hannah Clay's like, my job's in danger.
3: (laughs) No, no. I mean, I don't want you to get hurt. But also, like, I like working at this super cool news site called TimGast.com. I kind of need you to be there.
1: Let's jump to this first story from the National Review. Anthony Fauci plans to step down in December. That's it. He wrote a big, long thing saying, I will be leaving these positions in December of this year to pursue the next chapter of my career. He's 81. What's the next chapter of your career? I mean, I'm trying to be a dick or anything, but it's like, bro, get your rocking chair, sit on your porch, rock back and forth with a nice, sweet tea, and enjoy enjoy, enjoy your sunny days, man. But uh, he's saying he's still got a lot to do. Now, the the big thing here is, let me see if I have it pulled up. Newsweek writes, Fauci resigning out of fear of GOP investigations, say Republicans, In December, Fauci will forfeit his roles as the chief of the NIAID Laboratory of Immunoregulation and President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor, saying he wants to pursue the next chapter of my career. Republicans believe Fauci is leaving government due to the possibility that the GOP will take control of the House in November. Quote, Dr. Fauci is conveniently resigning from his position in December before House Republicans have an opportunity to hold him accountable for destroying our country over these past three years. The Republican rep Andy Biggs of Arizona tweeted. Adding that Fauci will be held accountable whether or not he remains in public office. This guy is a coward. Well, maybe that's the case, but if he's not actively in government and they start investigating him, it won't disrupt whatever those, those, uh, institutions are actually doing. So either way, this is, uh, this move will absolutely help Joe Biden's administration over the next couple of years and the NIAID. But I'm curious, uh, Joe, considering you're actually, I mean, Surgeon General, you're like the top doctor of Florida, right?
2: As crazy as it sounds. I mean I have to pinch myself. I am literally the top
1: doctor of Florida, which is kinda nuts. Well what do what do you think about this? You you think his resignation is just career stuff? Uh what do you think about Fauci?
2: Well, you know, I think Dr. Fauci is a creepy guy, to be totally (laughs) honest. He gives me the creeps. You know, I think that he's you know, he he's he is enigmatic of a of a physician who is really more of a politician and more about, you know, sort of agendas than about health. I mean, that's been very obvious with how he handled the pandemic. Not a single word, right? You have a condition where obesity is a major risk factor. Did he ever say, hey, Americans, by the way, you know, lose
1: weight if you're overweight, get some exercise. I didn't hear that out of his mouth. He health. did once to say vitamin D, though. He he did say vitamin D is important.
2: He did say that once, and he said that once. Right? <laughs> never again. Once.
1: Right? Yeah. Right. That is that is the creepiest thing to me about a lot of this uh, is that during the pandemic, people had had pointed out quite extensively vitamin D. You know, getting sunlight, getting exercise, getting fresh air, and these things were really important. But this was never the official guidance. It was never the the narrative. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Stay inside, don't go outside. In in, in big cities, they locked everybody in their homes.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, there's some controversy over vitamin D, but it's not killing anyone. So it was the right thing to do. What's the vitamin D controversy? Well, it's, you know, vitamin D is very mysterious because there is study after study that shows that if you have low levels of vitamin D, you're at higher risk for everything depression, high blood pressure, cancer. I mean, you name it. Infection, but the clinical trials have not usually shown what the other studies have shown. Not all of them though. Some of them have shown a reduction in infection actually with vitamin D pre-pandemic. But it, again, it's, it's very interesting. The studies go both ways and what, what gets me actually is that, you know, Maybe it doesn't work, but there's like there's a class of doctors who are just rabid about trying to stop people from using medications that are low risk and you know and are uncertain. Well, They're the just, they just certain. want to keep saying, No, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. There's actually a I won't I don't want to get too nerdy, but Fuvoxamine is a medication that had a couple clinical trials that showed benefit in COVID. And I I've recommended It, you know, I recommended it to patients because there was data, but you know, another trial just came out that didn't find a benefit and
4: picture this, you're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down while still frustrating. You feel protected because you have a plan through car shield. Car shield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay backbreaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash Carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson.
2: The the writers at the New England Journal of Medicine slammed this medication. But the problem is the medication was dosed at like 50% of the dose that worked. So how can you slam, them? how can you conclude that something doesn't work when so, you're not even dosing it right? But they're just crazy about concluding things don't work and telling people not to use stuff. What was, what was the one you just mentioned? Flu, flu. Fluvoxamine. Fluvoxamine. What is that? Actually, it's, it's a medication for like anxiety. And it just so happens that one of the ways it works is on a receptor that is also needed by the virus. So a few clinical trials have shown that it, it benefits people.
1: But so this is not, an official treatment, it's not approved or anything like that.
2: It's not an official treatment. The FDA actually reviewed it recently, and they decided not to give it the thumbs up. And, you know, that was criticized by some advocates of the of the medication. And, you know, the FDA, it wasn't that they didn't make the right decision, but they took forever to make the decision. And this thing, we could have had the answer to this like two years
1: ago, literally.
2: But there was, you know, there was very little interest in treatment during the pandemic, as many I think- people know.
1: There's, there's, there, there's several treatments that, um, have become, you know, notorious and YouTube explicitly bans people for, for uh, advocating for and things like that. The strange thing to me about a lot of it is if, if the argument was always talk to your doctor, why is it that if, if a doctor recommends something publicly, <laughs> it's, it's unacceptable and, and it's bannable? Look, I, I understand this. There were, there's, there's a lot of crazy people saying a lot of crazy things online. And I can understand there's a fear that during a pandemic, someone's telling you to do something wacky or wild, and you know they want to they want to control that, but you can't. That's that's the thing. Like you, you literally can't. You've got a bunch of doctors who are like, "I'm a doctor. Here's what I recommend," and they're like, "You're banned." And it's like, but Fauci's not practicing. Is that correct? Like he wasn't practicing for thirty years.
2: I don't think he still sees patients. Certainly not actively or frequently.
1: So the the issue I take with Fauci over the past several years. Um, notably, during the peak of the pandemic, was the, the wishy-washiness, the flip-flopping, yeah, which which he justified as, "Oh, the science is changing."
2: Oh gosh, you don't justify is. anything. That guy, I mean, he's so slippery and slick. He, I he just, he, he's completely dishonest. It's ironic that so many Americans trust him, and he is probably one of the least trustworthy doctors I've ever you know observed in my life.
1: But he's not even my understanding. Not practicing for a very very long time he's a bureaucrat more than anything oh
2: that's for sure but he's
1: coming off on tv as if he is the expert and because of the things he says you end up with these really weird tribalist positions where very famously early on he said don't wear masks (laughs) later on he said the reason they were saying that is because they needed the masks for the nurses and the doctors and it was more important they got it and it was like so which is it you know were you did the science change or were you aware and you didn't want people buying masks
2: Either way you cut it, all right, he's dishonest. By the way, the science didn't change, but either way you cut it, he's dishonest because the thing is, the clinical trials before the pandemic, almost all of them found no benefit from regular folks walking around with masks. I'm not talking about hospitals. I'm talking about walking around the city like you see or going to the grocery store wearing a mask. So that's what the studies showed. So the rationale behind the flip in or
1: who then knows. Was, well, then why did he change his position?
2: That's a great question. I mean, you know, he what he said of course was that he was trying to save the masks for healthcare right. workers. But how
1: can you even believe? I mean, it's hard to Well, so I'll I'll, I'll say this. Uh we we've had we've had conversations about masks before um we're we're outside of all of this pandemic stuff now so i don't know where any any like youtube's policies sit on this stuff but uh we've pulled up the cdc's website and it actually it, it's not as crazy as as a lot of you know there, there's the there's the pro mask people and the anti mask people it's actually decently i mean moderate when it comes to masks like the cdc said there's a marginal benefit it's decent enough that they would recommend it in some circumstances like the obvious thing i would say You know, obviously if you're sick and you're wearing a mask, you're gonna stop some coughing, sneezing, and spitting on people and something like that, right?
2: Sure. But that's different from whether wearing a mask reduces the chance of someone else getting a virus. And even you know, I get it. Like the idea that you think something's going to work, and therefore it should work. But that's why we have clinical studies,
1: right? Well, but the, the CDC on their website now says that there was a moderate reduction in like seventy different studies. At least this is the last time we pulled up. There's yeah. a huge list of studies there.
2: Yeah, I know. And the, so this is this is dishonest science because what you know, I, I mentioned vitamin D earlier, right? So you've got your observational studies that always find a relationship we're at the low levels and bad health outcomes. And then you've got your clinical trials that unfortunately most of the time haven't found a benefit. Same thing goes for masks. They pull up these observational studies and they hang their hats on them. And the observational studies are finding these huge reductions and, they, and then they say, oh, look at this, the masks work great, you know, and, and make those, you know, everyone should wear them, including kids, like the most ridiculous part. I've got little kids myself. But then you look at the, we did, there were, during the pandemic, there were at least two large clinical trials. One found zip zero, no benefit.
1: The second is one this, found in was it, was it, was it, was Denmark. Pardon? Was that also an observational study? No, no. This was a clinical, clinical trial. trial.
2: Like this is, you know, you randomize people, you give, you know, and you, you, that's that's the gold standard for testing stuff, whether something actually works. That's how, you know, if it really works, and it should work in a clinical trial too, And one study found zero, no benefit. There was so much spin, by the way, when that study came out by medical doctors trying to explain why there wasn't a benefit. The second study basically found no benefit. There was no benefit for a cloth mask, zero, none whatsoever. For surgical masks, there was like a 10% reduction. So, you know, 12% versus 11% of people tested positive. Like this is the thing that they're letting people fight over in airports about. And then for young people... There was zero benefit whatsoever in the second study, so it's a it's a it's a big lie. I mean, they're not. It's not like they don't know what evidence is. That's what evidence is.
1: Well, so let me let me pull up this from uh, Los Angeles Daily News. Mask mandate didn't work against COVID nineteen in in LA, say doctors from USC and UCLA. Letter from doctors said masking had limited effect, and it's best to stress vaccines. Other doctors still back masks. I think that the, one of the biggest problems we have right now is, uh, YouTube censorship policies. Uh, what, I mean, how, how do you even have a conversation on science if science changes if you're not allowed to discuss science changing? Dr. Fauci came out early on and said not to wear masks. He then came back later and said, okay, now wear masks. Now we have USC and UCLA saying the mandates didn't actually do anything to stop this. So my question is, how, how can YouTube set a censorship policy when UCLA and USC has, has issued these statements like this, right? I mean, it's, it's an untenable situation you can't even have a public conversation about how 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 are we supposed to address any of this stuff how are we supposed to function as a society if that is how big tech is handling it
2: yeah, i totally agree with you you know their agenda seems it seems more political from my perspective from everything i've seen and you know and i mean i think it's a pretty rotten system i think it's hurt people you know it's not a business that's going very well for them in terms of regulating knowledge and opinions
0: well so where does fauci go from here what do you guys think well, well, he, go ahead you, when i came in i said you know what, what the the number one indication that of why someone is resigning is because they failed i don't know if that's why he's resigning because he, he's now admitting defeat and failure or if he's realized i've come to the point in my career where i can no longer serve i'm resigning like doing the right thing maybe he's doing the right thing
3: He'd probably write a book I think he could do any number of things. He is entitled to, I think, the largest retirement pack- package in federal history because he's the highest paid federal government employee. Uh, that's like a study from Open the Books or a report from Open the Books in December of 2021. I covered it for our site. Um, so in some ways, it is interesting to me that he is not opting to retire because he'd still make a lot of money off of retiring. In some ways, to me, it's hard not to read vanity into this. Retiring means that you're old. And retiring means that you, like, are no longer supposed to have an opinion. And right now he wields a lot of influence. So if he retires, he is acting as if he's going to step back and he doesn't want to. I mean, this is the man who, while by the pandemic, filmed a, a documentary about himself with Disney. It's a. It doesn't seem like he knows where he wants to go, but he does not want to leave the limelight. And of course, that's subjective, although retiring does seem like a totally plausible option for him. He did. I think I was talking about this before the show. Um, in July, there was this report from Politico. He'd done this interview, and Politico reported that Fauci intended to retire at the end of Biden's administration. So that would be next December, not this one. And then the day after they published, he was like, "No, I'm not going to retire." What do you mean? I didn't say that. Even though they have him on record saying that, so it seems like again this idea of retiring has a lot of fear for him and whether it's because he thinks he opens the door for an investigation or it's vanity, it's hard to say.
0: Are you saying that he could have stayed at the job longer and then retired and got a, a monetary package? But yeah, he's, he's entitled out early? to a
3: government pension and because he's been working for the federal government for I think four decades, uh, it's very sizable.
0: And even though he's resigning, is he still getting the same package? I
3: believe he still has access to it, but again, he's not publicly retiring and to me that speaks to vanity. He doesn't want to seem like the old out of touch doctor.
1: I want to, I want to, I want to ask real quick because I, I don't want to, stick around on the subject too much but i i pulled up the cdc.gov and they they mentioned so explain to me what these studies mean it says a large this is from the cdc the cdc still uh, recommends wearing masks if you're going to be in large gatherings this is a large well-designed cluster randomized trial in bangladesh in late 2020 found that surgical or cloth mask distri- uh, mask distribution role modeling and active mask promotion tripled mask use by 42.3 percent in intervention villages compared to 13 uh, blah, blah blah in villages receiving mask interventions symptomatic Seroprevalence of SARS-CoV-2 was reduced by approximately 9% relative to comparison villages. In villages randomized to receive surgical masks, symptomatic seroprevalence of SARS-CoV-2 was significantly lower, 11.1% overall. The results of the study show that even modest increases in community use can effectively reduce symptomatic SARS-CoV-2 infections. So that that sounds like they do. You know, like I was saying, you know, the CDC often says it's marginal 9 to 10%. I mean, that's good, though, right?
2: So that's not good. Like so, <laughs> <laughs> so that nine or ten percent. So the seroprevalence prevalence that they mention.
0: What does that mean, by the way, zero prevalence? So they test
2: people's blood for antibodies to the virus as an indicator of prior infection, right? So, so nine or ten percent. That's called a that's a relative reduction. So if you have the villages that get the the, the villages that get the masks. And their seroprevalence is, is 12%. And you have the villages that don't get the masks and their seroprevalence is 11%. That's a 10% reduction.
0: Oh, 10% of 12 is 1. Yeah. Right. That's some lazy. That's some, so
2: that is what happened. Hmm. That's what happened. And that, by the way, is just another, just, that's just an example of the, of why, you know, doctors like, Myself and I think probably some of the other doctors you've had on your show are just, are, are just fed up with the lies and the misrepresentation of science. That is exactly what you, happened.
1: You're familiar with the study you're saying? Oh yeah,
2: that's the, that's the second clinical trial that's, that I mentioned.
1: That's, so this is not what the CDC says though. I mean.
2: Well, they're saying that you went from 12% to 11% and that was a significant, that shows that it makes a big difference.
0: Because it, it, was, it
1: doesn't mention the 12%, it just says that Uh, uh, COVID, uh, seroprevalence was in in villages with masks was reduced by 9%. In villages randomized to receive surgical masks, it was down 11.1%.
2: Right, right. So that's a relative reduction. And I just happen to remember from reading the study that the seroprevalence, it was in the teens, Mm. right? So there was like a one percentage point difference. In the prevalence.
1: That's a <laughs> fact. I mean, that's what the, that, exactly. Yeah,
2: cause it, it sounds like it's I mean, going from 22%. I, well, hold on, to 10%. hold on. It even
1: gets worse. Go this ahead. This is funny. It sounds like you're saying masks work.
2: <laughs> uh, well, it actually gets worse than that. So we have a threshold in, in health policy and epidemiology and statistics for when we consider a difference as being significant. You know, it's kind of arbitrary, but that's how things work. So that threshold in that study, like if this is a threshold, right? Say we were checking, you know, say we were testing the effect of exercise on heart disease, right? You know, if this is a threshold, you compare people that exercise, to people who don't like, you're like way below the threshold. It clearly is beneficial for health. The threshold for that study was right here. It was barely significant. They, were, they, li- they barely wreaked significance. I mean, that is a, an extremely weak finding.
1: Well, I can only, I can only say, that, you know, the CDC still has on their website the recommendation and several studies, but I don't know how to reconcile that with the NewsGuard-certified Los Angeles Daily News saying that scientists, doctors from USC and UCLA saying that the masks, uh, that mask ha- masking had a limited effect. It sounds like they're saying more in line with what you were saying. In fact, you were at UCLA, I believe.
2: I was at UCLA, and what they're saying is factual, based on the data. Maybe they work a lot better, but that hasn't been shown from clinical trials.
0: Is there uh, evidence that if you have a dirty mask with like fecal, mect- like just gross up that and you breathe it in, that it'll make you sick? <laughs> I'm laughing at the fecal. I don't know why you went Future there. Putrefactive bacteria. Let's talk about it. <laughs>
2: Well, if you have fecal stuff on your mask, you probably will get sick. Type of but- <laughs> halitosis. <laughs> well, there, you know, there actually, there are some studies that show some evidence of, of harm, potential harm. You know, they don't get a lot of, they don't get any media attention, but there are some studies that show harm. In fact, there was a clinical trial of cloth masks among doctors, healthcare workers in Thailand. I think it was Thailand.
4: Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker.
2: That was published years ago in the British Medical Journal, which is a very good journal, that compared cloth masks to surgical masks and basically the people in the cloth mask group got more infections hmm. like it seemed to something about it seemed to increase their is it, is it
1: is it is it fair to say though you got to be careful about like a single study that comes out you know you want to see it the, the the test like you want to see the results uh, absolutely. repeated
0: absolutely in over and science
1: over again. absolutely absolutely you
0: mentioned observational studies how do those work exactly relative to like a clinical trial
2: well a clinical trial's great cuz you you bring people in and you say that, okay, these people, they're going to get the intervention, these people are not, and you kind of, you follow them and you see what happens. I mean, that's the gold standard. Observational studies, you know, you go around this room and you measure, let's say you measure, um, you know, what's a good one for this room?
1: Uh, sugar mood. consumption. <laughs> let's do it.
2: Yeah, okay, so you measure sugar consumption and you have each one of us go out and skateboard. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. Let's suppose that I don't drink, I don't have much sugar consumption, lower energy drink consumption. Okay. So you, so you got guys like me who basically don't consume energy drinks. Say one of you guys do and let's say that Tim consumes a lot of energy drinks. And then you like you go and see how well we skateboard or we fill some survey that says how well we skateboard, and then you conclude that, hey, look at that. You drink more energy drinks, you're gonna be a better skateboarder.
0: That's how observational studies work. So they're not they're not like taking into account he might have been practicing skateboarding. Right. At the, so or, they, I was, cool. or I was I <laughs> yeah, yeah, or he's they in a good could.
2: Mood they could. Or any of that, yeah. And therefore with that you have different quality studies like some so, of them might be better.
1: So I th- I think you know with with observational studies you would need substantially more and all you'd really do it sounds like is find anomalies find things that may be that you'd want to test further. You, that's
2: exactly right. You have to be very very careful. Yeah. Very very careful. I mean the, the there's so many examples of Misdirection from observational studies.
0: In regards to vitamin D, which we brought up earlier, is there a difference? I've heard there's a difference in endogenous vitamin D and vitamin D that you take, meaning the, the vitamin D you get your body to produce naturally from like sunlight causing it to happen as opposed to eating a vitamin D uh, vitamin. Yeah. Is there a difference in the way it biochemically interacts? So, you
2: know, Biochemically, I'm not sure. I mean, the process by which they, it's, you know, when your body creates vitamin D versus taking it from a pill. I mean, that is different biologically. But, you know, in terms of things like if you break your wrist or something and it's cause you've, you've got, you know, low bone density, whether you take supplemental vitamin D or you get more sunlight, the benefits of the vitamin D to your bones are going to be the same, but there are people who believe that there are differences in the effects from whether it's sunlight or from a pill.
1: I don't know that science well enough. To we're, going say. To, we're going to do a, like, very hard segue. <laughs> they call that jerk. Let's a, jerk.
3: A, Brace a yourselves. Jerk. Everybody. Brace yeah. yourselves. <laughs> the, the subject is
1: changing directly. so hard. <laughs> The next story we have – because I'll just mention this for everybody. We're going to get into way more detail on all of this stuff at TimCast.com, the 11 p.m. members only show, for a variety of reasons. Some of them are fairly obvious, but we're going to get into a lot of deep detail, especially with Florida's response and what Florida's doing. And then we've got some other stuff I want to talk about when it comes to uh, medical practices in Florida pertaining to trans kids. But we do have some some breaking news that we, we put off for a little bit. We have this story from Metro News West Virginia explosive devices reported at two locations in Bluefield. There were no injuries of the discovery of two explosive devices in Bluefield on Monday morning. West Virginia State Police, the Bluefield Police Department and other law enforcement responded to a call at the federal courthouse in downtown Bluefield around 940 a.m. Officers evacuated all people from the building and an adjacent department building as they dealt with the device. Apparently, they detonated police yelled fire in the hole before a loud boom was heard. It was destroyed around 1140 inside the federal building. An explosion was heard from the building. Another device was found at, uh, I believe it's down here, Westminster Presbyterian Church in Bluefield, West Virginia. Bomb squad has arrived. So uh, the reason I thought this was, you know, this, this story caught my eye and it's not really getting a lot of attention is someone planted a bomb at a federal courthouse. I mean, we saw in, in 2020, the riots with the far left, they were attacking the federal courthouse in Portland. And then I saw it was West Virginia and West Virginia is MAGA country you know it's it's the second most trump supporting state in the united states so i wondered who or why would someone do this entirely possible it's an isolated incident pertaining to local matters and it's only getting national attention because of the tensions and the conflicts been happening at the federal level or with the fbi for instance so we don't know for sure uh entirely could be local conflict uh, or it could be i mean i'll just i'll just throw it out to you guys what political ideology would attack a federal courthouse and a church
0: well, I've been on high alert since Dugan's daughter. We might talk about this more later. That's the next one we're going to okay. into. His and that, daughter that's why was killed I'm in a car bomb. So there's this bombing theme in the last five days all of a sudden. I'm very concerned about false flags. This could have been an, an someone from another country that wants to instill agitation in the in the people's minds. I And that, that it's a church and a courthouse. Like, I think to him, two different saying, buildings about a mile apart. Yeah. Like, you don't have far right religious zealots bombing churches mm-hmm. ever really i mean it, it, so that doesn't make it doesn't seem like uh i am very hesitant to start blaming groups or ideologies for this because it could be anybody that wants to see chaos in the united states could be doing stuff fog like of this. war man Yuri Besbinov.
3: yeah i i remember in the 1970s there were a lot of environmentalist extremists who bombed federal buildings or uh federal lands the there is a suspect in custody he's uh his name's dean fowler he's 50 years old there's not i haven't had a chance to look into him too intensely i mean there is the instinct and i hesitate to tie it to any specific group although it's incredibly disruptive um but there's also a chance someone had something personal i was saying before the show that i wonder what uh what was on the docket in the courthouse that day um and we looked it up the church and the uh, federal building are about a mile apart so there's a question of like why those two places because this roe v wade roe v wade
1: Scotus i mean there's anything church
3: or he knows a lawyer who was practicing and he's mad at the priest down the street like it's very hard to tell without right. a ton of information that, that,
1: first and foremost the most important thing mm-hmm. it it's 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 small town west virginia so strong possibility Guy, you know, a, 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 the priest and a, his neighbor got into a fight. They mm-hmm. have a court hearing for some reason. I don't know. It's a federal court. So that doesn't make sense, actually. Yeah. There's no reason why a local dispute would go to a federal court. It could be someone from outside the state who had to dispute with this guy and who was being sued interstate. So it's federal. It's possible. But I got to say, the memes I, all see, I see all right now are Roe v. Wade. The federal courts, the Supreme Court, the, the, the federal court of this country, the big one. Why would someone go after a church in a federal court? simple solution hypothesis not saying we have any evidence of this is is left-wing yeah i I mean it's typically not well i i don't know i don't know it's it's scary stuff considering the escalation we've seen uh, around the world and the united states my first thought was when uh the news broke that it was a federal courthouse that they were going to start saying it was trump supporters because of the fbi because they're going after trump and because this judge this this uh this federal judge in florida is an Epstein lawyer. I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've read the stories.
1: Yeah. And so I was thinking, like, maybe this is, you know, like the guy in Ohio. But then they found, okay, then they said, we found, we found one at a church. And I'm like, okay, now that doesn't make sense. Like, a Trump supporter is not going to put a bomb at a church. that so They donate to the church, you know, if they were going to do anything. Right. And so then I saw, you know, I saw these memes on Facebook and they're calling it Rovember. They're saying, Rovember. Roe v. Wade, November. Go out and vote November. Democrats, Roe v. Wade, the federal courts, the churches, the religious people. And I'm wondering if this is just more likely to be at the very least, not saying we have evidence, but left wing radicalization and, and, and attacks. Why would it happen in literal MAGA country, though? It's just it's just weird.
3: I mean, it's a sign of uh, disruption. West Virginia is such an interesting state because it does have such a dem- uh, tie to the Democratic Party. It was a Democratic stronghold for a long, long time. And so I think that native West Virginians, while they are often MAGA supporting, um, it's a more complex state than people give it credit for because they ultimately – Like, every county in the state went for Trump. Um, I do say, like, it's very hard to tell. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this had, uh, left-wing ties. And again, I would really like to know what was going on in the courthouse today. The church is what's interesting to me because it feels more personal. Again, a mile away, a 20-minute walk, that means that you could have probably, I mean, it's West Virginia. They're probably Four other churches within the vicinity, why the Presbyterian one, why that one specifically. And again, that goes back to it being specific to, to that community. You want to look? You can look, yeah.
1: No, I mean, this is the thing I can't reconcile, right? Uh, a, a local dispute with a local church, but a federal courthouse? There wouldn't be a suit at the federal courthouse. Maybe uh, the, someone at the church ratted out a guy and it's a, it's a criminal matter? I honestly don't know.
3: They said that the suspect who's in custody is going to undergo evaluation, so they might be arguing that there's some sort of psychological disturbance, like, but again, this is a Anybody functioning... Anybody who's putting a
0: bomb anywhere
1: is going to have a A functioning bomb. Riot.
3: They had to detonate this. Them. They didn't go in and say, like, oh, this doesn't work or it's fake. Like, they had to destroy it.
0: Is there knowledge about what the explosive was? Sometimes that can help you discern yeah. who did it. They didn't say. I
1: haven't seen anything. But obviously, know. there's a reason why I bring this up. Civil War, right? Is this, uh, you know... How, how, how old are you, uh, Joe? Can I ask? I am f- you can ask. Yeah, you don't you seem can that I'm
2: 43 years old. are not too. that old. Yeah. I, are you? I, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. You look so much.
0: 79, baby. <laughs> what what <laughs> month? Yeah, you two, do. <laughs> What month? I was born in December. Okay, April. Yeah. Cool. I was talking to a guy who was in his 60s,
1: and he said that he was uh, just a couple of years shy of getting drafted into Vietnam. Mm. And then I said, so you saw the news reports about the weather underground. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, is
0: it worse now or was it worse then? He says, way worse now. Can't believe it. That's the mm. media. A lot of it is because of the media because one bomb in central, you know, West Virginia now is global note, like notoriety. Whereas in the seventies, it was like, good luck if you read about it in the paper the next day. Maybe it was more regional. And that could be it. And that's one
1: of the things he pointed out. He said, the issue is that everything's instantaneous these days. Mm-hmm. You know, back then something would happen. It would take a while for people to find out about it and react to it, whether that's an escalation or just, you know, generally learning about it. And so I think that's the important point. In the 70s with the Weather Underground, something happens. When did you learn it happened, right? Three days later, maybe it's, it happens on a Friday. You don't watch the news until Monday. And then the Monday news report comes out. And you're like, huh. Today, it's the moment it happens. Mm -hmm. The moment this story hit, like I'm I'm seeing it. I mean, granted, it's my job. But for people who are on Twitter, you're learning about it right away. I think that actually does mean it's worse, though. You know why? If it took a week, I mean, you go back to the revolutionary period. If it took a month or two months for someone in a different state to find out that someone got shot in a different state, they could not react to it or escalate because they didn't know it happened. But now with social media and with instant communications... The moment it happens, you're, you, you see a protest, right? Like, you get a video of a dude being beaten by cops. Hour later, Black Lives Matter is out on the street protesting. That wasn't that would be possible without the internet, without cell phones. Before, before, even before, um, even when we had cell phones, that wouldn't have happened. It was only after the iPhone made it possible for people to pull up Facebook and see community organizing instantly did we start seeing that kind of phenomenon. Phenomenon. So, it could be 2007 some cop beats a guy, protests don't show up until the next day. Because people go home, get on the computer, then learn about it, then show up the next day. Today, mass text, texts go out. So I'm wondering if our tolerance for violence is going down. And it's not necessarily, I, I think violence is, getting, is, is, is up, obviously. Murders are way up. But I'm wondering if relative to political conflicts, it's not as much
0: violence that will trigger a civil war civil conflict or something like that i i i is very interesting conversation i think it's it's i'm calloused to this stuff i've become calloused uh i see it it doesn't hurt as bad i don't immediately believe that guy's the villain because i think i saw him punch him like i don't know what's going on but the downside is when you're calloused you don't you can't really feel i can't feel it it's not it's not making me snap to attention maybe like it should be um the downside is People are gonna go nuts faster. The upside is people can mobilize faster if there's a real emergency, like a some sort of flood or whatever.
3: Uh there are, just to tie this up, ten close ten churches closer ten. Uh, to the courthouse than the Westminster Presbyterian Church, yeah. which is actually a little bit far like Interesting. farther away. Um uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to. Sounds like some local town. No, that's a good
1: point though. Mm -hmm. But why, why a federal courthouse? Maybe somebody who works at the courthouse or lives locally? To to be disruptive. I mean, I
3: think you're still right that it could be tied to ideology and they know they have access to a federal courthouse in their town. Um, earlier I pitched like, well, we have to see how far the church is because what if the church is outside? So when you evacuate the building, people come outside and it's even more of a dangerous situation. Um, I think when we, just to tie it up back to what you're saying about the news cycle i think that these moments that feel like breaking news you know for us because we're watching the news it is really interesting and for some people they'll remember it but they won't start to pay attention until there's a pattern until there's another federal courthouse in another small town Mm -hmm. in another part of america and then it will start to seem like oh wait is something going on and at that point we really have to ask ourselves like are we too late? Are we missing something that's really significant that's going on? One,
1: one of the mistakes people make is when you hear stories about small rural towns being you know targeted in this way for whatever this was, they say, well, it's probably not political because why would they come to this small town? And it's like, okay, you know, that's one way to think about it. But we have seen Antifa go to small towns. We have seen riots in small towns. And the, the, the idea behind that is in order to inflict maximum terror, if you're engaged in political violence... You have to go to small towns because people feel safe when they're far away from the cities. Mm -hmm. If the riots and the attacks are happening in small towns. So that was the logic around why far left extremists were, were going to these towns. It's the logic behind why a terrorist would attack a small town to make sure that everyone feels terrified of it. But I don't know. I mean, either way, this looks like terror. It was at a courthouse. I think that instantly qualifies it. A church, possibly. But a church could be, I suppose both could be personal. Like a guy didn't like an employee at either of these places, but who knows? It, mm-hmm. it, I'll, I'll put it this way. Let's jump to this next segment. We'll just say this. World War Three is racing civil war. Because while we're hearing about stories in like West Virginia about bombs, we have this one. A murder in Russia. I'm sure many of you have already heard. I believe it was Saturday, Saturday evening. Alexander Dugan's daughter was assassinated in a car bombing. Now, initially, they said it was meant for him. For those unfamiliar aren't familiar with uh, Dugan, he is a highly influential philosopher, nationalist in Russia. He's been referred to as Putin's brain or his spirit guide or the spirit guide of the Ukrainian invasion, all of those things. While simultaneously, some have also downplayed his influence in the Russian government. He's not explicitly a member of Putin's inner circle or anything like that. The Atlantic writes about it. Why an assassination in Moscow matters to Ukraine and the West by Tom Nichols. Oh, we love this guy, huh? He calls him a Russian fascist. The daughter of a prominent Russian fascist was killed in a car bombing in Moscow. Most Americans have no idea who the Dugan family is, but this event could have serious repercussions in Russia and Ukraine. So, I don't want to jump the gun and say that um, this is World War III's Franz Ferdinand moment. Franz Ferdinand was a, was a, he was like a royal, royal family guy, right? The Archduke. Yeah. And so when they killed him, like, you, you pissed off someone's family member and then they all go to war with each other. This is like, an influential guy in Russia's daughter. But then I want to point out too, the counterpoint there is while it well for those reasons it may not be the catalyst for an escalation, we're also in the influence era, we're in the you know the influence economy. So, it is not necessarily politicians or royal family that have the most influence. Kim Kardashian has more influence than every single politician. And so something someone who's that influential in in social has more social credit than a politician. Something affecting them will matter more. So, so the way I described it earlier today, if they had killed Dugin, I think the impact would have been substantially less. People in the Russian government would be like, this is, this is horrifying. I can't believe they did this. Instead, they killed Dugin's daughter. Whoever did it, they, uh, it was reported to, by Russian authorities, CNN repeated the reporting, that they were observing the vehicle and remotely detonated. They chose to, to detonate it. It wasn't like she turned the car and it went off. Someone pressed a button. So presumably they knew it was her. This is substantially worse because Dugan is the man of influence. And now all of that pain that he has will be channeled into the influence he uses. And it will be heard over and over and over again by all of his followers and his followers that are in the government. So this has now give him, given him a reason to call for more war, more retribution, more anger. And
0: he will drive that, you know, to his followers. On its, I don't know. On its, on its face, it looks like Ukrainians killed Dugan's daughter as retaliation for the war in Ukraine. But I was reading an article, and they were like, "Ah, false. This is a, this is a textbook Russian false flag op- Could be a textbook Russian false flag operation." And then I started picturing like a conversation between Dugan and Putin, and Dugan's like, "I would give everything for this country, Vladimir. Everything." And Vladimir's like, "You would give everything?" And he's like, "Yeah, I would." And then Putin's like, "All right, well, then I'll kill his daughter." he just he had, and I don't even feel guilty about it because he already said he'd sacrifice everything for it so
1: there reportedly he has said things about sacrificing everything for the cause and things like that but to, to this extent I would just say it is the simple solution that they blew up his car and it was the wrong person. It's the simple solution that this guy is a nationalist powerful influencer and they wanted him gone I mean th- he's he's an influential guy I mean people in the West have interviewed him. They, they, his ideas have spread all across Europe. Not saying they're completely, completely dominant across Europe, but a lot of people have listened to this guy. And if you take a look at the right wing, the expansion of right wing nationalism across Europe, well, there are certainly many people who don't like nationalism or the right who would look at him as one of the key components of pushing those ideas. So Occam's razor, Occam's razor would suggest in the absence of evidence, the solution that makes the least amount of assumptions, that's it. Anti, uh, you know, um, internationalist forces, probably Ukrainian, targeted him in Moscow. Killed his daughter.
0: Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with
1: ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders, no matter how big your
0: business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation.
4: Sign up for your free 60 day
0: trial now at shipstation.com and use the code POD. That's shipstation.com
1: with the code POD. I'll put it this way too. The reason it's simple solution that it's Ukraine. I'm not trying to blame them to call them any names or anything, but to point out it's probably them. When you are the weaker fighting force, typically you see these groups engage in more terroristic activities and targeted assassinations and things like, things like this because it's the best they could do in the conflict for Russia. They're looking at a conventional war. You go in, send in the tanks, send in the troops, drop the bombs. For Ukraine, which is, I think, like the poorest country in Europe, and it's like the only country to get poor after the fall of Soviet Union, they're, they're, they're thinking, we have to do whatever it takes, and we don't have much capabilities. Guerrilla warfare it is. Hit them in Moscow. That seems to make more sense. It's the
0: simplest solution for sure, but in war propaganda, they will use the simplest solution against you to make you think that that's what it is.
3: I think if they had assassinated Dugan outright, they would have risked a more serious retribution from... Putin.
0: i
1: I disagree
3: well my thought here is that his daughter dugan's daughter was involved in his influence and she he, she was also seen like not on the international level that she was but within the country she is an advocate for his policies of belief so in some way she they are uh maybe effectively hurting the morale of the russian people by targeting by choosing to detonate the car when she was in it as opposed to him with, while still being able to, like, say it wasn't quite as aggressive as outright detonating, you know, this person who has tremendous influence in a relationship with the nation's president.
1: The the one thing that I would say that is a counterpoint that suggests it may actually be a false flag or, you know, Russians doing this, because we actually have a story here. I mean, let me pull this up from the Daily Mail. Car bomb attack on Putin's Rasputin, who Vladimir deemed uncontrollable, has all the hallmarks of a Russian GRU execution, because military spy group often include a target's family. I don't see why they would go after Dugan. They're saying because the Kremlin deemed him unruly. The one thing I would say that makes me think it could be a false flag, although I don't think it is, getting his daughter was the worst possible thing you can do in terms of escalation. So to, to disagree with you a bit, Dugan's voice would be lost if he died. Mm-hmm. If your goal was to amplify his message of nationalism and get a martyr... You'd go after his daughter because now you've got a martyr, someone who holds the same ideas as him, who, who, who speaks the same ideas, who is considered by the West a propagandist, who is considered by you know Russia as a journalist. You get your martyr. You keep Dugan's voice. Mm-hmm. You amplify Dugan's voice with a major story about how he's now a victim targeted by the, 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 the um, excesses of the West. Now you've exemplified his message, amplified his message, and created a martyr all at the same time.
0: It's the worst possible thing for escalation. Well, unless you're Putin and you want to get the Russian people excited about attacking Ukraine because if they think...
1: That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't think it's true. Look, I'm seeing a lot of these Democrats, they're like, He, he killed his own daughter. And I'm like, that's nuts. That's crisis actor level conspiracy nonsense. Sorry, dude. Unless you can come out and show me a video of him... Planting the bomb or whatever, I'm not gonna believe Dude, he killed his
0: own daughter. That's I'm, insane. I'm picturing Putin going to uh, Alexander and being like, "I'm so sorry about your daughter," and then making full eye contact, and Alexander knowing that Putin killed her, and just looking at him like, "Thank you, sir." Like, and they both know it's just, it's just too just, that's, that's just seems dirtiest, too Hollywood to me. I exactly. Like,
3: I don't think that that's realistic. I think in some ways we believe that Vladimir Putin, and for good reason, is like uh an intense leader who has committed crimes that like the west finds horrifying but i don't think that there would be any benefit especially if we already think this guy is unruly then like being like and then i killed your daughter like they deemed him unruly how do we know he's not gonna flip and be like i hate putin now you know what i mean like it it doesn't do anything for putin to try and antagonize or play with a variable that isn't dependable If if they really do believe he's unruly i think that I mean, the most to me, the most straightforward answer is like this was an attempted assassination. Like I haven't read enough to know where Dugan was in relation to the car. Was he even there? Like to it me, it makes more sense that they are trying to both be aggressive and also passive aggressive at the same time. And they see as taking out his daughter as uh, a, an aggressive move without. While still being able to say, well, we're not the aggressors in this war.
1: I would, so so to your point, Ian, you're saying, you know, it's like you're imagining Putin looking me in the eyes and it's very Hollywood-esque. My counterpoint to that would be the reality is likely some fat middle-aged Ukrainian dude with a couple bombs, like, waddling over to the car and then, like, slapping it with duct tape and then walking away and then waiting for it again and then pressing a button and going, oh, and then, like, running away. Like, scraggly dudes. No, I, I, like... I'm not imagining, you know, spetsnaz, like commandos, like going in and like the earpieces and they're like, do it. And then you know, it's probably, it's, it's, pro- it's roguish. It's guerrilla stuff. Mm-hmm. It's probably like hobo looking dudes, you know, who are angry, who are zealous and probably Ukrainian.
3: And there are, are a fair number of Ukrainians who have gone to Russia since the start of the war. Um, so there is a Ukrainian population within the country. I mean, I assume some are there because they want to be and some are there maybe because they had to go. Um, uh, but it, it, Russia is not insulated from having uh Ukrainian actors be within its boundaries.
0: I I don't I will not decide. I don't even like the word probable now because war fog is so the it's ripe for for disillusionment and you want to trick people and you want to create that. So the most obvious answer a lot of times in war is not the right answer. The the open field that looks like the best path is probably the kill zone, so you don't want to go through it kind of thing yeah. um and I w- i'm gonna wait and see if they use this as is a juxt- as a reason to go harder in ukraine then that's like well russia is well.
1: saying ukraine did it of course someone just super chatted in the pale moonlight tim Do you guys know what that's a reference to no no star trek mm. fans for mm, shame uh deep space nine um in the pale moonlight brilliant television spoiler alert spoiler alert it's like a 30 year old show but i'm gonna spoil it for you uh, Benjamin Sisko is the, is the commander of an outpost for the Federation, the Star Trek. A war breaks out. The, the Federation, which is the main characters, are being de- defeated by, they're slowly being pushed back and they're losing the war to the Dominion. There's another uh, race called the uh, Romulans. And they're typically, there's an armistice between the Federation and the Romulans, they hate each other. They, they go to them and say, you have to join the war on our side. Otherwise, after we're defeated, the dominion will come and crush you. And they're like, no, they won't. And we don't care. We can handle ourselves. So the commander stages a false flag where he blows up a senator in a spaceship and plants evidence to make it seem I could be getting this wrong, but something like this makes it seem like the dominion did it, forcing the Romulans to join the war on the side of the Federation. Now that we've gotten the fictional fun writing out of the way, there's a very real possibility. That the goal here was a false flag, and it was to rally the, the Russian people, saying, look, they killed this young woman. She was 29 years old. They're targeting our children. This is horrible. We need your support in this war. And depending on what you read, Western propaganda says Ukraine's winning.
0: Eastern propaganda says Ukraine's losing. Who knows, man? It's such fog a fog of war. It's an emotional assassination. That was not a tactical assassination. That didn't take out a leader or a military commander or any and, of that. And car bombs all- are
1: crude. Yeah, super super crude and, and a lot of collateral damage. It was not a surgical maneuver.
0: Well, I'm, I'm shocked that they would claim that anyone has done it, that they would deign to act like they know who did it. And if they do know who did it, how do they know who did it? I want to know. It
1: doesn't matter. And that, that's ultimately what it comes down to. It doesn't matter who did. You know why? Because in the East, they're going to say in Russia and in, in China, they're going to say it was the uh, Ukrainians. It was NATO. In the West, they're posting all over Twitter that it was a false flag, that Dugan killed his own daughter, because they have to, because both sides have to.
3: There's a narrative they have to keep up.
1: Yep. And in the end, we'll just be left wondering what actually happened. The good news is whoever wins will tell us.
3: For sure, honestly. They'll yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah, give yeah, us yeah. the whole story. They'll write like the history
0: for us, the history books, and then they'll let us read them. With
3: all the details. Don't even worry about it.
0: Do you think that the Russians are going to just end up taking the eastern part of Ukraine, get access to the Red Sea, and then it'll be over?
2: Uh, I don't know.
0: I mean, What's your I sur-
1: as a doctor? As, as the Surgeon sure. General of Florida, right? <laughs> tell me about opinion. your you
4: opinions
2: about on no, Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, I think I agree that the part that is interesting. Wouldn't it be nice to actually know what happened yes you know it I'd would I mean, it's know. just and not uh, of course it doesn't even end with this right there's so many examples in history where it's still unclear what exactly happened um who gained who lost who was behind sort of who was who was um who was pulling the strings to 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 you know create a series of events it, it certainly it does have the feel of that that um you know not an accident i mean it could have been and i agree that, that that's sort of the simplest Answer, you know, Occam's razor. But, um, boy, it seems awfully dastardly to, to just yep. have a simple explanation.
1: Let's jump to, uh, another hard segue and jump back to the medical stuff. It was, it was, it was a bit tough. I'll just, you know, as an aside, because we've got, um, you know, obviously big stories with Fauci's res- resignation, but also the war, and they're like very distinct. And so, like, trying to segue between them is not really possible. But we'll jump to this one from the post millennial. Seattle Children's Hospital offers medicalized gender transition to nine-year-olds. Quote, we accept new patients ages 9 to 16, the site reads, patients ages 17 and older, and patients who have not yet started puberty will be directed to community resources. This is a part of a longstanding story, uh, a, a, a long chain of stories. Boston's Children's uh, Boston Children's Hospital, big controversy surrounding that. The media claiming there's threats going their way you've got to think now a hospital in chicago performing these uh, these transitions for minors and now we have the latest story from post millennial that seattle is doing the same thing i know that um there was recently a, a a board review in florida the medical board did a review of uh uh sex change operations for children and, and medical and other transitions uh i probably should probably just throw it to you uh, uh joe you probably know better what's going on with florida as it as it as it uh, pertains to child gender transition
2: Well, you know, Florida is taking an unequivocal stand that is just there with the data. It's not very dissimilar. It's actually worse in terms of evidence. You know, we had the mass discussion previously. At least a study showed, you know, a reduction from 12% to 11%, which is a 10% reduction. I mean, if, if you really think that that's enough to force people to do things, you know, we can have a conversation about that. But in this case, the data you know the data are even they're just they're incredibly weak i mean there's basically and it and it speaks to dishonesty so the cdc quotes that extremely unimpressive mask study and says oh this shows that you can actually reduce community transmission then and, and so you know which like to to someone who looked at it well, they so, would say that doesn't make sense. In this case it's the same thing. The data, you know, people advocates say that oh it's this is the standard of care and it work, it helps people, or, you know, it makes them less likely to commit suicide and things like that. But the data actually don't
1: show that at all. So for for uh we did a we did a, a members only segment where we read detransitioner statements. Yeah, and there were a lot of teenage women because I think it's like overwhelmingly teenage girls who are getting these surgeries, uh double mastectomies and things like that. At least there was there was actually one uh, study from the NIH we pulled up showing that ninety percent of what they reviewed were double mastectomies on uh, on females, and the average age I think was like fifteen or something like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we read these stories where they're they're suicidal. It's it's horrifying. We and, go ahead. no no no. I mean, it, like the idea here is. I think there's something happening. I do. I think I think gender dysphoria is real. I think there are kids who are transgender and I think we have to pay attention to there was one um article I read last week from Psychology Today. A PhD researcher saying we know that phthalates and PCBs are are uh, hormone disruptors. He 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 cited a study showing that um certain um birth control had a masculinizing effect on female fetuses on their brains and it resulted in women who preferred the company of women and did not prefer child rearing and things like that and so that point was there's an environmental factor coming from the chemicals and the pharmaceuticals we use that is likely contributing to this i think that's true i mean i think even alex jones has pointed that out was mocked for it when he mentioned talked about atrazine and so i think the result there is okay we need to figure that out, stop that, but this does mean they're going to be trans kids. And how do we effectively solve for this problem? How do we make sure these kids are going to be happy, healthy, not suicidal? And the issue seems to be the the accepted medical treatment across the country, United States, is at odds with what Europe is now doing with the Scandinavian countries who have rejected all of this stuff. And the end result for a lot of these people, I'm not saying all of them, we're seeing them post online saying after undergoing these surgeries and these medical treatments. They are worse than they were before. Yeah. That's that's a scary outcome, and and we want to prevent that. We want to make sure that kids who who are suffering from dysphoria or whatever the issue may be, hormone disruptors, be it the case. How do we help them when you've got these extreme policies that are all going in one way and ignoring the science that we can see in other places?
2: No, it's a it's a great summary, and and you're absolutely right. There are definitely boys who think feel like they're girls, girls who feel like they're boys. That's That's like, that's nothing, there's nothing new there, but that's a different, and I agree with you, right? Understanding, trying to do what we can to understand why that is. That's an important goal, but that is a different issue than what to do about in terms of medical or surgical therapies and standards of professional care. And that's the issue that Florida is focused on. And standards of professional care, you know, it's just, I've actually, I mean, I, you know, COVID before this, like I was a mainstream doctor, researcher, very mainstream, right? I, you know, like, and I, I did, you know, fortunately I did well, but I was, there was nothing controversial about me. And since COVID, it's just opened my eyes to examples of medical organizations just completely misleading people and essentially in some cases lying. In this particular case, at the end of the day, you have experimental therapies, right, that are not vitamin D. Like, well, these are just, serious. And
1: real quick, not FDA-approved treatments for these kids. I'm
2: not sure that – I mean, I don't know that the FDA authorizes medical therapies. They certainly authorize drugs and devices. But I, I don't think that they authorize medical therapies. My understanding
1: therapies. is – correct me if I'm wrong. I think you know this. Lupron is not FDA-approved. It's it's off-label use yeah. as a puberty blocker. So
3: That's what I have heard. I don't know if I'm correct there. I, I, it isn't – I believe that's correct. Yeah,
1: like, it's so my, my, so my approved my point for, is some cancer this is, this is This is really fun to point out. Uh, Lupron is... Can you, can you, someone want to check that real yeah. quick? I want to make sure we get this right. Because yeah. my understanding is it is an off-label use as a puberty blocker in kids.
2: Yeah. Off-label is not actually... That's not a big deal. Doctors no, no, no. can prescribe things off-label and they do it all the time. Except there are some off,
1: things you can't.
2: What does off-label mean? Well, off, actually, I, well off-label actually, off means that you know the FDA, when they approve a drug... They approve it for specific indications. If a drug company wants to expand the indications, you know they have to provide data, so give it to the FDA, and the FDA has to approve it for that new indication. So that's
1: how that without works.
3: It runs off label for it's
1: off label. So my point here is, and without mentioning any other treatments other than this, because we don't, you know, <laughs> my point is there are mainstream narratives that if you mention off label use on some drugs. You're a dangerous conspiracy theorist. Meanwhile, the narrative from the establishment is to actively promote this particular off-label use, which we are seeing ramifications of, and they're, and they're kind of devastating for a lot of these kids. So ultimately, I think you mentioned it, the hypocrisy, the lies, and all that. It's all here. My question is, what is Florida doing differently? And so I guess I wanted to get this very much at the beginning. I watched the live stream where the no. medical board was discussing this. Yeah, what sure. ended up happening with that?
2: Well, the medical board basically, you know, their, their task that day was to decide whether they were going to take on the issue because right now, essentially it's an unregulated space, right? You've got different centers, you know, who are, there you go, Seattle Children's Hospital, nine years old, right? Some hospitals, they may not see patients until they're 14 or 15. Some refuse to do surgery or say they're not going to do surgery unless they're, at least 18. So different, you know, different practices at different places. And the board of medicine in Florida said that they were going to look at that. And the goal really from, in my, in my opinion should be that they, that they stop these therapies in children who are under 18, unless there's evidence. And I'll just say really quickly, right? People make things so complicated and confusing. At the end of the day, right? You've got High-risk procedures, right? Puberty blockers when the brain is developing at a young age, sex change operations, mastectomies, the risk of infertility, sterility. High risk. Not vitamin D, not other off-label drugs. And you've got uncertain benefit. Like, no one knows. People will tell you with a straight face that they well, know it's d- going to help. They don't know that. Not,
1: ju- not just that. We have 37,000, almost 40,000 people on a forum, d Mm. where there are prominent posts every day of people saying they are suicidal now. I don't want these people to feel that way. I want them to be happy and healthy and and we got to figure out how to help them and this certainly is not resulting in that.
3: Well, there was a woman who spoke at the Florida Board of Medicine during the public comment section. Her name was, uh, I think, Sophia Galvin and she specifically talked about her experience like as a minor uh, being encouraged, not, I don't want to say encouraged, but she was, when she decided that she wanted to transition, her school was supportive. She was the president of their LGBT community. She was encouraged to undergo a mastectomy. She went on years of testosterone and was not happier afterwards. And through spiritual and personal growth, ultimately decided to de-transition and is now a really strong advocate against this. I thought her testimony yeah. there was really powerful. Uh, I I think you're totally right. I mean, it was interesting to me that when it was, I think the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, decided to sort of block the issue, they had doctors saying that they wanted to talk about it and they suppressed the motion. Uh, all of the doctors there were pointing to studies from Europe that were like, look, uh, it, I think it's Finland just went back to saying the first treatment for minors who are experiencing gender dysphoria is to go through psychotherapy. It's not to me- intervene medically. It was a
2: tremendous amount of gaslighting. You're at Sweden. This year released, they've been doing this for years, longer than we have in the United States, these gender transition therapies. They released a, uh, their equivalent of sort of the NIH released a new guidance this year. And they said they're not going to do it anymore for for children because they just didn't know whether they were doing more harm than good. And they, they literally said that. But you have doctors and in, in some in Florida who say that, no, we know better. And, you know, we're helping every patient that we see who mm-hmm.
1: undergoes this i think um have you have you read about uh endocrine disruptors and hormone disruptors? Sure. I'm assuming you have yeah there was one uh article that I read that kind of went viral mentioning uh I mentioned it earlier there was a birth control women would take it, and in the rare chance taking it, they still got pregnant it was having a masculinizing effect on on their fetuses and if it was a female, you know it was it was causing issues I think. When you look at the uh, uh, the great words of uh, Alex Jones, they're turning the frickin' frogs gay. <laughs> but to get more specific and not play the silly game, he was talking about I think it's a pesticide called atrazine. We've talked about this before. There was a uh, st- there was a study. This is like ten years ago, I think, showing that it was interfering with the endocrine systems of frogs, yeah. turning ovaries into testes, testes into ovaries, causing a population collapse. And Alex pointed it out. I see stories like that, and I'm like. Yeah, we've long known that there are like hormones in our drinking water in cities, and plastics are leaching into our water. Or you know, some people have argued that soy is doing these things, although I'm not sure that's correct. But okay, there's there's probably serious hormones and hormone disruptors being consumed and affecting kids who are developing. So when Bill Maher says they're in California, they're not in Ohio. Either we're shaming them or we're creating them. I'm like the 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 argument from from bill misses a big picture there i mean it's, it's a fair point he's like how come in ohio there's not a lot of trans kids in california there is it sounds like he's making the point that it's trendy in california and it probably is but my point here is it could be that california uses specific chemicals in agriculture that ohio doesn't and it is causing these children to become you know uh, have, have hormonal imbalance or disruption in utero which results in trans kids that's something we absolutely need to talk about considering the science is there to show that's a possibility. So that being said, I think what we're seeing is a mix. I think we're probably seeing a natural, there's a natural phenomenon of people who are transgender. I think it probably naturally exists in humans to some degree. I think we're seeing a large uptick in trans kids probably because of the, pe- the pesticides, the chemicals, the pharmaceuticals, as these other studies have pointed out. And I also think we're seeing social trends, which affect some kids. So the problem is, if you approach this with a one-size-fits-all, start with the surgery, then you're going to wrap up kids who do not need this and create suicidal teenagers. We probably need to approach this and figure out what is the underlying cause of the gender dysphoria in this child. Is it a social issue or is it a naturally, you know, a developmental issue?
2: I hear you. And I, I think that I, I, it's it's definitely an interesting scientific question but I think it's it's probably not the priority. I hear your your example. The you know the problem is, right? And you look at and I totally agree with you. Frankly, you know, I I mean we try and eat organic as much as possible, but it's it's really sad how much junk, like poison really in terms of some of the pesticides and some of them are hormone disrupting and some of them increase the risk of cancer that get into food. And then you've got, you know, their their financial interest to try and maintain the use of these chemicals, but you look at Europe and and my understanding is that they don't use, they don't nearly use nearly the type of, um, the intensity of pesticides that we use. And they have also seen in some areas, the same explosive growth in terms, particularly in girls who feel like they should be boys. So I, you know, I, 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 I hear you. And I think that area is important, but I don't think that's what, you know, that's what, that's not what the, the, the focus ought to be. You, th- you, you think know, it's social,
1: know. social impact.
2: I think it's likely that there's a substantial social component. And it's, you know, the curves in terms of the growth, it, it's just not really consistent with, like, for example, one of the things that, um, that's been noticed is that the age of puberty was changing, right? It was getting lower yeah. for different age groups. And that was a sort of a gradual process. And that's kind of how biological processes tend to be, right? They're sort of gradual. This has not been gradual. This has been explosive. Yeah. And that er, argues less for a biological mechanism and, and at least you know, a substantial part social. of the growth. But it,
0: it, it could be that there, there's a critical mass of phthalates, phthalates or like um, pesticides or that we somehow reached a cl- critical mass. where like, you can eat salt, but if you get too much salt, it will kill you. Like you can't do – over well, salt will destroy your body. So like if the, now the levels of phthalates are we just hit the ceiling of what it, we can handle – maybe and, 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 i'm not i'm not making using, a, using. Uh, I'm,
1: I'm not trying to prescribe a, a treatment based on the idea what i'm what i'm simply trying to say is that um for one i oppose sex changes for kids i i, I think you've, you've got to be 18 before you start doing this stuff there there is a question about you know the limits on when government can intervene to stop parents from engaging in certain medical treatments but at a certain point you know i'm just like values over where you know my values are we don't give kids sex change surgeries. It's just that's, that's where it is for me for whatever reason. But um, my point is there's likely a natural phenomenon of, of of causing gender dysphoria. Now, I'm not saying we should be giving kids sex change surgeries because of it. We clearly look at the Scandinavian countries. They're not doing that anymore. But I think that the, the issue of the social factor is also obviously playing a role, whether it's, you know, you're saying it's explosive. So that's likely the case. Either way, that's evidence enough that we should not be doing this to kids. To Ian's point, I think there it's, it's entirely possible there's a combination of we were seeing hormone disruptors in, in in our food supply, plastics or whatever, increasing, but also serious social discouragement from anyone mentioning it. So it could be, you know, the left says there's always been trans people. And the reason there's a massive explosion of them is because now it's finally okay for them to speak up. It's like, it could actually be both. It could be that in the past 10 years, past 20 years, we've massively increased the amount of PCBs, phthalates, what is it, polychloride something? I don't know. Um, we've dramatically increased certain hormones, pharmaceuticals, plastics, and other things into our food supply that is are hormone disruptors. But the people who grew up experiencing that didn't say anything because it was not socially acceptable now that it is, all of a sudden now there's a perception that, Among the left, it's only happening because it's acceptable. These are PCBs or
0: polychlorinated biphenols. There you go, the biphenols.
3: I mean, for me, some of this just makes me have more questions about, like, reproduction and human fertility, because if we do believe there's a genetic link or an environmental disruption that occurs where does it come from is it because you have uh moms like a generation of moms who've been on birth control for longer and that disrupts their hormones which disrupts how their uh fetus i mean i don't know anything about medical science so this is all speculation on my part i defer to the doctor but i wonder if ultimately we just don't know what causes any of these issues because we are not studying it holistically like we are looking at it as social intervention when they reach school but what if this is something that has to do with mom's nutrition
2: yeah and you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna backpedal a little bit so i i what you said earlier resonates with me in terms of you know in terms of attention on studying it and i'll tell you that just to your point one of the problems, right, with these hot-button issues is that it becomes taboo to even ask the yep. questions, right? And that's a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. i like. I looking at what I do know is that pharmaceutical companies are administering for-profit surgeries and chemicals in reaction to whatever is happening. That's very apparent Yeah, the for-profit n- medical industry.
3: There's no incentive to not encourage it. If you have kids that you're treating for more and more things, plus when you go on hormones, there are side effects, so you take more medication. I mean, like, this becomes a mass industry in and of itself. Why would you discourage it if you are a pharmaceutical person, not to be too conspiratorial?
2: Oh, there's no conspiracy about pharmaceutical companies pursuing profit over everything else. It is well
1: documented. We've we,
3: we, we, heard it from a doctor. <laughs> well, we we, uh,
1: we pointed out there's a, an article about Goldman Sachs. They said they were advising pharmaceutical companies i think i could be wrong because we, we don't have the article pulled up but they were saying curing diseases is not a long-term you know financial not, gain for yeah, us yeah 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 that like it, you're better off just treating the symptoms and letting people stay sick which is just so horrifying yeah
0: well I, I, it's like i don't yeah. want to call them medical companies anymore i want to call because the real medicine in my opinion is food like if you're eating the right diet you know that's what hippocrates said the first doctor let food be thy medicine let, let me let me ask you this uh, why do you think it is that testosterone
1: levels are are are, are dropping so significantly in the male population?
2: Yeah, then it's, it's true, right? First of all, that's like that's been documented. Um, <laughs> this might be a good time to mention, by the way, that there was a study that uh, came out in a, a good journal about um, reproductive health and hormones. That showed, uh, that followed some men after they underwent COVID-19 vaccination with one of the mRNA vaccines. And that was followed by a decrease in, in sperm count and, uh, in sperm motility. And it didn't- Is it temporary? It didn't. So that was really nice wording. If you looked at the table, and this is, this is, uh, again, this is like my space, right? In the space of a lot of my colleagues that I work with. So if you pull up that study that was published a few months ago and you look at the table, it doesn't look fully temporary. So the, the levels at, I can't remember whether it was 12 weeks afterward. The measures are still lower than baseline, and at least one of the cells in the, in the, uh, one of the areas in the table was substantially lower than baseline. So anyway, I digress. Well, I will, uh, I will
1: just, I will, I'll state, just because we, we, we segment the, <laughs> the we create segments, so yeah. m- previous statements won't be heard in this one. Uh, we gotta be careful about single studies. When, it, when one study comes out and shows something, you need way more than that before you can draw heavy conclusions as to what they mean, correct? Well,
2: you do need to be careful. In this particular study, it was done. It seemed like it was done well. There was another study that was done earlier in the pandem- pandemic that didn't find a difference. That they concluded that there wasn't a difference in sperm function or sperm count. Um, so that that's true. Ultimately, the truth is, one, you know, one of those studies is is accurate. I think from what I've seen, it was it's I, there probably is a decrement in the in the in the activity in the in the counts of the sperms coming back to your point, And in terms of um, in terms of these testosterone, so that fits the pattern of something that is an environmental, some environmental exposure, and we have a lot of them. So you know, why is it? I don't know, but it does fit the pattern
1: of you know a sort of non-natural phenomenon. But you know, could it be the social? So uh, men aren't chopping lumber anymore. I mean, physical exercise increases testosterone, right? It. it I do believe it
2: does but more in older men really i'm not sure about i'm not sure if it increases testosterone if it's related to testosterone levels in younger men I, i'm not sure what about
0: hunching over staring at a computer screen drinking pepsi <laughs> 12 <laughs> well, you hours know, a you day. joke around but guys asking for no, no in that's, yeah. <laughs> that's
2: actually i mean that's a legitimate question right i mean you know to give one example i don't know if this is correct but if this is true, but if some, some, um, you know, I've read, for example, that the increase in people with nearsightedness is related to, you know, the fact that we are looking at screens more and kind of doing close stuff instead of looking things farther away or hunting or whatever. So no, I I don't, I mean, it's funny, but something real is happening. Those testosterone levels are substantially lower than they were in the past. Have you,
1: have you seen the infamous try guys video?
2: Which infamous one? I don't know which. which <laughs> Where they get their the
3: testosterone, testosterone tested?
1: Yeah, they get their testosterone levels checked, and they have okay. the testo. They're like, how old are they? In their twenties?
3: I think they're all I'm late twenties, maybe think. early thirties at the time.
1: Okay. And their testosterone levels were equal to eighty-year-old men.
2: Yeah, I don't. I'm. I yeah. Okay.
0: You know, from the top looking down, if if someone's in the computer all day, that's kind of like them telling biology, "You're not going to need my sperm. I am a machine. I'm an electronic organism. I'm going to implant my brain in a machine when I'm 30. Doesn't matter. You don't need me anyway." My, so the body's just like, I mean, obviously this guy's not interacting with women. He doesn't need to be producing testosterone. He's getting. Ian, are it. you telling us something? Hey, I love my girlfriend. All right, <laughs> she plays video games too. Uh, but, yeah, I am telling you something. When I started doing YouTube and making videos, I threw World of Warcraft away. I broke the CD and tossed it in the gutter because I had a massive video game addiction. And for two years, I didn't touch them. And I created the most amazing career uh, and, and created some of the best friendships of my life to this day. Uh, video games off are, of it On video games? Off or? video games. It was all oh. off. YouTube became my video game. Uh, interacting with people became my video game.
3: So – there's no understanding of why testosterone levels are dropping. Really,
0: I
2: wish I had studied it better. before Prepared we talk, for your quiz today? I, yeah, no, I, I just—it's not an area I've
1: studied. I wish I had, and it is an important. What do you I think? Mean, like dudes are going to become shorter, weaker, less muscle mass, less bone density.
2: I think it's probably not a good thing that testosterone levels are you know are, are falling. So I see. Correctly. I see this.
1: I see this meme all the time that says the Y chromosome is disappearing. Have you heard that?
2: I haven't heard that, but. Oh,
1: so I think it miss, uh, it's, it's feminist misunderstanding what the science actually is, obviously. But it's that males, so I was, I was reading about it, males evolve faster than females, in humans at least. Mm-hmm. And, or, or should I say, I should say this is, uh, uh, related to the greater male variability hypothesis. Are you familiar with that one?
2: I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. This,
1: this one is, uh, greater male, male variability uh, hypothesis states that among men there will be a greater variation in physical traits uh as opposed to women and that's because you know men the, the best the strongest the most successful will reproduce with the women right mm-hmm. and so if you have a wide if you have a zero IQ to a, to a 1000 IQ that wide range allows the best of the best to have stronger and better children and to try and fight, you know, v- fight for the women. And then women can choose whichever man is, is better or the, you know, depending on what year it is, if it's the caveman era, it's not, not so pretty for the women. But so, uh, in that the, the idea basically is, I, f- I forgot where I was, where, what I was starting on now that we're talking about greater, oh, male, that but the Y chromosome is disappearing. Right, right, right. The idea is that among the greater variability of males, mm-hmm. the Y chromosome changes substantially So, you know, to create a higher chance of mutations and and alterations in the the human body. And then the, the failure mutations cease to exist, die off, don't have kids. The successful mutations end up having kids. Feminists have taken this to say, oh, because the Y chromosome is smaller now than it was before or whatever, that means men will eventually disappear instead of, well, the reality is it could get bigger and larger and just come back in force. Who knows?
3: I'll miss you guys when you all disappear. I have well, really enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> we're alive now. I'll be on Mars. So we're not just going to die, and you're not going to be immortal, or maybe, I don't know, maybe, oh, maybe that we'll all That sounds, like, immortal.
3: awful. There are no, like, it's just a bunch of women? We're in the Oceans movie all over again? Go live
1: in New York, and it's basically that already, isn't it?
3: Pass. Not for me. You.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you that I, I haven't heard of, I haven't, I'm not familiar with that sort of theory. I'll tell you what kind of along the same lines is concerning are individuals who believe that the differences between boys and girls don't have a natural root. That, um, right. and I've read these people's writings and, and they're just completely, they're disconnected from reality because boys and girls are different.
1: Oh, don't get me started, I, man. Well, you know,
3: I read this study once that said, At birth, like within 24 hours, female infants and male infants react to things differently. Like female infants are uh, much more interested in faces and male infants are much more likely to be looking at like what's beeping. They From the beginning, show differences. uh, Like mechanical options. Right, right.
1: I just watched a video on Instagram. I think of a a seven-year-old doing a 900 on a skateboard. Maybe it was nine. I don't know. Either way, he was in the single digits of age. A nine-year-old boy, a seven-year-old boy, just this tiny little kid. Tiny. The board was as tall as he was. And it was one of the just most amazing. So for those aren't familiar with skateboarding, 900 it's like a legit, seriously difficult maneuver. Uh, it was first done in 1999 by Tony Hawk. It was considered a huge moment in the history of skateboarding. And then the first, the second one was landed, you know, like 10 years later. I think it was something like that. Maybe it was like eight years later or something. But then the first 1080, which is three complete rotations was done by a 12 year old boy. 12 year old boy. So Tony Hawk was like 30 when he landed the first 900, which is two and a half spins, followed by a 12 year old boy to the first full three rotations, adding an extra half spin to it. Now you've got little kids in the single digits landing this once insane move. No girls. No girls. Well, they're, that they're, they're, proves they're, it. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's, 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 it's anecdotal, but maybe it's a little bit more than that. If you're doing an observational study, and you take a look at all of the ten-year-old boys and girls who have been skating for the same amount of time, and you wonder why it is that even before puberty, boys are landing historical feats in skateboarding, and the girls don't come close. And when I say don't come close, I mean with with all due respect. When when you know when you watch tennis, I couldn't tell you the difference. If I see two guys playing tennis, I see him hitting the ball. I see two men play tennis. I see him hitting the ball. Don't know because I can't see it. You show anyone skateboarding, and you show them a 12-year-old boy jumping a 70-foot gap, then going up a 25-foot tall wall, a half pipe, quarter pipe, and landing a 1080 45 feet up in the air, and you're going, wow. And then you watch the girls skate it, and they don't do it at all because it's too advanced. And they're the same age with the same same year skateboarding. There's There's clearly something there. So I researched it. The first thing that's really obvious is fast-switch muscles from prenatal tes- uh, as a result of prenatal testosterone, which is, is my understanding, a, a huge factor in muscle development. So even before puberty, this this idea that if you give these these sex changes to these children or hormonal therapies before they hit puberty, they can become the other, you know, at least to a to a greater degree, passing or whatever they want to call it. That's that's all in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. The issue is. Even before puberty, from birth, there are distinct physical differences that are very obvious and discernible between males and females.
3: Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, you would know better than that. I always think about um, this tweet that I saw, and it was a dad being like there was a, there was a time and it probably still true, but when it was really big to be like you gotta, you got to give your kids not like a mixed array of gender toys so if you have a daughter buy her barbies but also buy her tonka trucks and if you have a son get him a play kitchen as well as like tools or whatever it is to encourage you know not being trapped in gender stereotypes and this dad was like oh i did it and he takes a picture and it's his daughter who has tucked her tonka trucks into bed into like a barbie (sighs) bed because for whatever reason like the trucks are her babies and she's gonna take care of them and that is really inherent he's this dad is actively trying to not reinforce gender stereotypes and she's doing it anyways i think physiologically and in the brain there are clear differences from an early age and it is confusing for children to be told well you shouldn't behave that way because it's sort of bad in a way that is complicated to explain to you um i don't know why this also occurred to me one of the things i think about the try guy video when they test their testosterone I i don't know a ton about them but i know that the only the guy who scored the highest on the test not that it's like a winning but sort of winning uh, is the only one who's married and he might still be i'm not sure but like at the time he was the only married guy so so the question testosterone is marriage correlation what was,
1: was was getting married what caused his testosterone to go up or is it because he had high
0: testosterone he got he or
3: got are our marriage rates falling because our testosterone rates are falling i think
0: that's probably oh, yeah. very likely mm-hmm. and I, I attribute personally a lot to diet when i eat crappy i do not feel sexy at all and normally I feel sexy. Let me just get that on the table. I don't know,
1: though. You look at people like uh Tiger Woods. Wasn't he? He was like called promiscuous or whatever. South Park did a whole thing on it. Mm-hmm. That was actually funny. I don't know if you guys ever saw that South Park episode where they're like, we don't understand why it is that rich, successful men are sleeping with so many women. Like, what's what's going? What's up with that? They could they were confused by it. Mm-hmm. So I actually wonder if. I don't know if the marriage thing correlates to a certain degree, right? Low T guys are probably not successful in their relationships, but I would I would argue that the high T guys, the, you know, like what we're seeing with the, um, was it the OkCupid data that women overwhelmingly choose the top 20% of men? Mm-hmm. So like the higher T guys are getting all the women. Yeah. You know?
3: Well, and like, They're not getting married either. High testosterone correlates to the way you present, right? Like, I don't know if this is true, but someone told me once that uh, men going bald is actually a sign of high testosterone in men. And so, like, there are things that socially we wouldn't necessarily think of that we are subtly picking up on in the way people present or, you know, you probably can do this, better. I, I don't like quoting medical advice in front well, of a doctor. Well, the, the,
1: the, the, uh, speaking from experience, the, the baldness thing is sensitivity to, I think, DHT. What's know, DHT? You know that better than me. Was it Di- remember? I mean, it, it, dihydrotestosterone is that what it is? Because um, you know, look, I, I got to be honest. Yeah, it is dihydrotestosterone. Uh, I'm me and Brian Stelter are very different people. Neither of us have hair, so <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. But I don't, it's like I the
0: warrior in you. Like your hair is already gone, so no one can grab it if you find yourself in combat. Maybe you know, high t- I don't know. Well, you know. Um, I
2: don't know. I I wear my hair
0: short, but what
2: I will contribute (laughs) to this conversation is that we've got three boys, and we do exactly that. You know, whatever like we just let them play with what they want, Mm -hmm. right? So what these some of these people believe is that well it's all a construct boys only like you know they like the toy cars cuz that's all you give them and girls like the dolls cuz that's all you give them and obviously there are exceptions to everything but that's that's that is literally factually incorrect you know yes i think it's i think the right thing to do is to let your kids play what they want cuz guess what that's who they are and you you can fight it as long as you want but that will never change and so you ought not fight it and you should go with whoever what whoever they are you
1: know but there's there's something interesting to be said about um Not knowing things exist, they can't ask for it, Mm -hmm. right?
2: Right, right. No, yeah, exactly. So what we do is we let them play with what they want. It just so turns out that, you know, one of our boys likes this type of toy, the other boy, and they all, you know, they all like kind of boy stuff. But, um, you know, so anyway, I agree with letting them play with whatever they want.
1: Yeah. I think it's funny that there are like, you know, girls play with dolls and boys play with action figures. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, they're dolls.
0: (laughs) Dolls with joints. (laughs)
3: I had Barbies growing up for a little while, and all of my brother's GI Joes would occasionally come by and either murder my (laughs) Barbies or marry them. It was really hard to tell what would happen.
0: I want to encourage people not to – well, one of the things I'm concerned with is that people will overcompensate with this conversation of testosterone and then go for the high T because I think a balanced T – you see I think John McAfee I don't want to put the guy on blast John if you're still out there I love you man What do you mean if he's still out there if, if He's still I'm alive prepping for this? The, the, What's He uploaded himself I think he machine. was high tea like was was taking testosterone supplements and you could see his face is really red well, skin yeah. is very leathery like too much
4: Yeah
2: no it, it can increase the risk of um of blood clots, for example. I mean, I, I don't recommend that. What I do recommend is that people eat as clean as possible in terms of avoiding the, you know, pesticides, eating as organic as possible, which like used to be how all food was, but now you actually have to go seek it out and exercising, right? And you know, some, some resistance training too. I, I mean, you know, that's probably as good as you can do overall these days.
1: All right. We're going to go to super chats in like one second because uh, YouTube keeps crashing on us, so we found a new way to read Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. We're going to have a, a very fun and exciting members-only show coming up at 11 p.m. talking about COVID, Florida, their response, and a lot of that stuff. So uh, check that out over at TimCast.com. But let's, uh, let's read some of these Super Chats. Let me try and find the uh, first one. Raymond G. Stanley Jr., what's up, man? He says, hey, guys, just wanted to thank you again for having Mike Glover on IRL and Uncensored are worth a second, uh, IRL and Uncensored are worth a second watch. His knowledge is valuable to us all. He was great.
3: He was so great. He was really fun to have on.
1: All right, let's see. Uh, Joe Burns says, what is, it, what is it?
2: Oh, here. Slipping that over to you. What is this? That's why, one of the reasons I'm here. Are we We're getting, getting book. some
3: book recommendations? Why, I wrote a best. book
1: that's coming out tomorrow, and that's <gasps> oh, exactly. one of the reasons I've booked with Tim. Ah, transcend fear by uh, Joseph Latipo. Well, we'll 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 get, we'll get you a we'll get you to, to shout it out in a second. Let's read some uh, super chats. We still have about half an hour, so we're good. Joe Burns says, "Ian, have you ever looked into nano diamond battery technology? They're self-charging nuclear batteries, which are supposed to last for thousands of years. Interesting." Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's grab another one. Neil Sawyer says it deeply saddens me to see him resign. Just to make sure you let the door hit you in the tuckus on the way out, you dang ghoul. What a terrible man.
3: I just want to know if Harvard and Yale are like, please come to our medical schools. And if that's going to be the sign that they are no longer credible institutions. Not that they are. I'm just suggesting. They're
2: already recommending booster shots and healthy young people. So how credible is
1: that? John Diaz says, Tim, lately you've been saying you guys are winning. You can beat the establishment in your vids. And I wanted to thank you because you're right. I had lost hope, but you helped me see it. Yeah, um, in one week. I mean, this is like the greatest white pill moment. Liz Cheney loses her election. Then we get uh, uh, Brian Stelter is fired from CNN. They canceled mm-hmm. the show and, you know, fired, whatever colloquial term, or I mean, uh, opinion. Let's call it that. He's they severed out.
3: ties with him.
1: <laughs> severed ties. And then uh, Fauci. And then as an honorable, you know, little, little, uh, bump, Sam Harris outs himself as a dangerous authoritarian lunatic and then discredits himself. So, uh, the Sam Harris one thing I think doesn't really fit, but you get, you know, they say it comes in threes. Major, major victory. I mean, Kerry mm-hmm. Lake wins. Uh, um, Hageman wins. I mean, you gotta be looking at this and thinking you're, you're taking the field you know so come november go and vote
3: i liked your idea of like tell all your friends you're gonna get pizza but insist that you drive and drive them to the polls really quick
1: stop at the local polling place or or you know you can be like hey everybody we're gonna go uh we're gonna go grab pizza but make sure you bring your mail-in ballot with you
3: yeah i do get worried people will do it i do get worried about like complacency i think that it's great to celebrate victories and let's just not back down yet you know
1: Brandon Hampson says, Hannah Claire is worried about Tim like Squidward was worried about Mr. Krabs. Oh no, who's going to sign my paychecks?
3: (laughs) No, I worry about Tim generally, but you guys have to admit, it would be sad if the best news site of all time, TimCast.com, could not function because Tim had brain damage.
1: Wuxia Game Central says, you really need to wear a helmet. A car once kicked up a rock that flew at my head. Luckily, I was wearing my scooter helmet. Got a concussion. Wow.
3: See? Me and your mom think you should wear a helmet. Everybody wear a helmet. The
1: thing, the thing for me is, uh, I've never hit my head before and I've been skating for 22 or 22 and a half years or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. uh, recently I've been rollerblading and with this, I've been going up like eight to to nine feet on the, on the vert wall. And sometimes you lose your footing and you get ejected Mm. and then you're coming nine feet straight down to the ground. There was, there was one really funny day where I went up. And, um, it's a short vert wall. What that means is a good, a good vertical quarter, quarter pipe has like a foot of vert and it's big, maybe like 13 feet. That gives you a chance to pump up to it and actually ride the wall before getting air. We have a very short one. It's seven feet, which means it stops right at the point where it goes vert. So it's, uh, it, it kind of sucks. And so I went up it with some good speed and I accidentally kicked too hard off of the wall because you either jump a little bit before the vert or you wait till the vert. And so I got ejected. What that means is you're not on the wall anymore. Now you're just nine feet in the air, headed straight down a flat ground Mm -hmm. and sideways. So you're going to... But uh, I was able to... Bend my my legs a little bit to get some forward motion and roll out of it, and I was totally fine. And then uh, I didn't wear a helmet then. <laughs> There's i I'm never later, wearing a
3: helmet, says Tim Pool. There's
0: the trope of like the warrior king that fights with his men for years, and and then eventually they're like, you have to go back and stay in the capital, and we need you alive and 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 smart because you're our leader. We can't risk your life anymore and I think Rogan might even give you the advice of stop skating dude like he tells the fighters stop fighting because those head traumas those CTs are like I
1: never hit my head before n- yeah of
0: course before but I you're had a helmet. But, but my point is if you take brain damage you know that's a big part of your career is your brain. sounds like a you problem
3: what if that's what Tim- <laughs> Rogan tells his fighter buddies
0: that are like have careers in media like stop fighting
1: he but tells what them if Tim starts wearing
3: a helmet and it throws off his balance <clears throat> and then he becomes more prone to accidents and that breaks more is bones that actually
1: if you're not used to wearing one, you know, when I was little, it was really
0: distracting,
3: mm-hmm. and it's
1: like really uncomfortable. But uh, I don't—I'm re- not really going ham anymore. And you know, fighting's not man, skating.
0: It's—it's so. it's that, but you know, the, I think the risk of head trauma is a lot smaller. No, nah, skating,
1: skating—you skating. want to weigh like, in as
3: a doctor over here?
0: Yeah. What do you think? Don't don't
1: take punches to the face. I,
2: I, I would recommend against punches <laughs> to the face <laughs> and other traumatic
0: forces to the face. falling down. That. How do you? What about falling down?
3: Don't fall down. It's dangerous out <laughs> not, there, guys.
0: Not, not falling. Alright.
1: I don't know what this means. I'm going to read it. Bruce Maximus says, Hey y'all, I'd like to ask Dr. Latipo whether he has a, any stance on the seemingly artificial lack of seats in med school. I've heard anecdotally there are some 50 qualified applicants per seat. Cheers. Going back to my science, uh, lab science BS. Have you heard of that?
2: I don't know if it's, um, you know, if it's, if it's, uh, sort of, uh, contrived. It is true. I mean, medical school is ridiculous. There are so many applications for you see people end up going to medical school, even kind of out of the country because that's where they get in. And it seems to be a problem that's only getting worse. And the medical school classes don't expand at the, they don't seem to expand at the rate of applicants. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's regulated and the one you know, you can run into issues. So for example, there are only so many residency spots. Mm-hmm. So if you have say you double the number of medical students, well maybe half of them won't have anywhere to train when they're done when they're done with medical school. So it's a you know it's a bit of a complicated
1: issue. All right. Hayden says prediction, speculation, Fauci retiring because of fear of Republican control of Congress in January. Biden will retire in December or January. Harris will grant pardons to Biden's Fauci and Peter Daszak, Newsom appointed VP. It's a bold, it's a bold speculation. I don't, I don't think so. You know, I'd I'd love to believe that Biden is going to resign or retire and then something happens, but it's just, I mean, I think think
3: that's an emergency card. Like if he really couldn't make it, that would make him resign. But like, I think they're going to try and make him get through an entire first term. I do think a second term is very clearly off the table.
1: All right. Let's grab some super chats. Waffle Sensei says, Tim, do you ever spend time watching Yuri Bezmenov's long lectures? I think you'd appreciate them. Most people just seen the 12-minute interview, but Yuri does detailed breakdowns of the stuff. Interesting. We should get that. We'll play it. I'm just... We we were supposed to have the Freedomistan studio built, like in March. It was like a year ago it was supposed to be done, then it got delayed, and then... The fr- framing is going up, so they are building it. Maybe in a week or two, the structure will be done. Then we got to do the internals, and it's like, but I'm really excited for this because we'll be able to, like, put a big projector up and play this and just have it running in the background mm-hmm. all day and cool stuff like that. So I'm very much excited for all that. That'll be great. All right. Bill Hughes says Fauci will be retiring from the U.S. government so he can draw that humongous pension. He's not retiring from making money from research. There you go. More money to be made. He can keep working somewhere else. You know what's probably going to happen? I think the real reason he's resigning, he's retiring, or he's not retiring, he's, he's resigning, is that the pension, but he's going to do book tours. Mm-hmm. He's going to go on talk shows. He's going to do contributorships. He's going There's, to feel
3: pretty for a little while, people wanting to interview him.
1: He's going to go to one of these networks, and he's going to be like, $5 million, and I will be a contributor to your network. And then they're going to sign the deal with him and have him. Like, he already does this for free, though, right? Right.
3: Do you think he has any political ambitions? Do you think he'll try and parlay this into, like, uh, being elected somewhere? He is 81, so Bernie Sanders might object. Could you imagine
1: if he ran for president?
3: No. I would really prefer he didn't.
1: That would be funny. All right. The Old Man Time Media says the Presbyterian Church is a liberal church. They are pro-choice and pro-LBGT interesting so the bombing may have there are been a lot of right wing or
3: what there are a lot of left-wing leaning churches i mean i grew up episcopalian and the episcopalian church just came out uh in part in favor of uh gender related treatments both surgical and medical so i don't think that necessarily clarifies anything i stand by my uh speculation that this was personal on some level
1: no saint 317 says in 2019 a man attacked kyoto animation studio he set fire to the building and stabbed people as he ran out, killing 36 people. Injured an additional 34. It doesn't take much to cause havoc. So the, the sad reality of life is that it's really hard to build a machine and it's really easy to disrupt one. Yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah. You can have this beautiful, massive machine of gears. I, I, I think about this when you watch the show, like when you watch a, a show about newspaper printing, be it like an old movie or whatever. And the machine is massive, and all the newspapers are being printed in full speed. And then someone takes a paper clip and into one gear, and then <clears throat> the whole thing just shuts down. It's just so crazy. Life is delicate. Yep, yep. Hard to build. Easy to knock down, man. raftus of Stet. Araftis says, uh, in the pale moonlight, Tim, stay safe. I want to shout him out because I, I mentioned that during the show. That's the Star Trek DS9 episode I, I highly recommend. OMG Puppy says, I don't think Dugan and Putin have even met. He advocates for a multipolar world that preserves the traditions of every civilization. He attacks fascism, communism, and liberalism as 20th century failures. Interesting. Devin Garden says, Dugan was there when the bomb went off. I watched a video yesterday of him looking at the burning wreckage in shock and horror. Yeah, I saw that. the photos all over the place. The photo and the video. All right. Doug Ripley says, uh, General Latipo. What is Ron DeSantis like to work for? Why would he make a good POTUS? And who else in your field would he recommend? And who else in your field would he recommend go on IRL?
2: Well, he's. I enjoy working for him. And frankly, part of the reason is that it feels more like. I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever felt like I'm working for him. I feel like I'm working with him. So that's, that's been fun. I mean, it's been, it's been fun. Um, he doesn't try and sort of manage or micromanage. He's really about getting the job done. That's just his focus is the outcome and, and not sort of the kind of the, the political stuff that seems to, you know, that mostly dominates politics in terms of how, uh, how politicians carry themselves and what they do so it's been a lot of fun working with him i mean i i think he he is like i said he cares about the outcome and it would be great to have someone it's great to have him and it's why he's been so successful in florida is that he actually cares about the outcome and doesn't care what people are going to think about uh you know unpopular opinions or names they're going to call him and things like that those are great qualities and those are really great qualities
1: for a leader right on Notre Dame says the bombing is similar to the IRA. They believed the British were occupying Ireland, and after much escalation, it resulted in car bombings in London. London, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I've been to uh, Northern Ireland. I've never been to the uh, to Dublin or uh, you know, I guess would you call it just Ireland? Mm-hmm. Northern Ireland, the regular, the regular Ireland? part, regular Ireland. Ireland. regular Ireland, the Ireland, regular Ireland. Yeah, just uh, just uh, Belfast. Beautiful, great place. Crazy seeing uh, all the stuff, man. All right, AJ Cook says, "Dude, you need to turn on notifications for RWA on Twitter." Russian government has already released a video of a suspect, hot blonde. What is this? Not scraggly bearded dude. Interesting. A hot blonde n- German ideology girl. I'll take a look well, at it. It's
0: interesting. German.
3: Wow, that was feminism. Second, Love oh, it. Oh, it,
0: was, it could be a German person. That's what I was thinking earlier in the show. But I'm like, I'm not going to start naming countries. That's too you know, it's ridiculous.
1: New T two says. Chicken Ian is the best. We
0: love him. Ha. Well, all right. Yeah, he is. What do we got here? He's the best chicken. The best chicken. <laughs> the greatest
1: chicken. The Maladra mama says, a division of the Presbyterian church is progressive within realm of reason for unstable MAGA person to target. Don't know how, why, if connected to federal building.
3: I, I, I don't stand know. by that one is far away and there are other liberal churches much closer liberal to Liberal churches? I mean churches that have liberal faction in them. Like I said, there's an Episcopalian oh, right, church within right. close proximity. You have yeah. to like you'd have to look at the map, but like if the federal building is close to what's called like a center of town and there are ten churches close by, there you have to travel twenty minutes on foot, three minutes by car to this other church. Again, that feels more uh pointed it feels more specific it could be because of ideology i'm not saying that but it does feel like if you were against churches that had left-leaning ideology you could have picked one closer to the other place and made a faster escape
1: noah zork says tim tay pronouns that's actually t tim tims okay it's t tim tims yeah what's going on my pronouns oh t tim tims i see that's right my my name is actually a pronoun is it T-Y-M apostrophe S? Yes. Oh. The funny thing about pronouns is like we use pronouns as generic placeholder words so we don't have to say your name over and over again. But if everyone has their own, then we might as well call you by your name. Yeah. What's the point?
3: I, I find myself thinking about that when I'm reporting on people. You have to be like, okay, what what names am I using? I, I think it will just be safer to use their name. But I do wonder how long until we all start talking in a third person to just avoid all pronouns in any case at all. That way, Even there's no question. I, yeah. And you. I would just say, Hannah Claire says that this would be interesting, and it would be horrible. I don't even like happens, talking in this way as a joke. What, what, that what,
1: world is not coming. What happens when there's two Ians in the same room? We both Ian agree. says this. It's Ian like, certainly does not.
3: It's like when you're in elementary school and it has to be like uh, and C and and T and fight <laughs> it out. Ian T. Uh, are you, uh, why do you say it's not coming? Are you Are you personally involved in the fight against pronoun and, and third-person <laughs> speech? <laughs>
2: i mean i guess in in some ways yeah no i mean you know it's 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 uh you know some of these some of these um kind of agendas they start in one place but they're really headed somewhere else mm-hmm. and that's a that's an example of one
0: what if i made my pronoun we so you I was can make like, your
2: pronouns we're anything you we're want gonna go to the front. park
0: we're gonna go have some food <laughs> You're like yeah. stop bringing me into this yeah. i
3: talk speak that way people feel man. obligated to go with uh, you we. like we're going to the grocery store I'm like Okay, conscience. yeah, I guess so. I yeah. guess we're all going.
0: We're going to relax
1: it's power of suggestion.
0: Yeah. We are? Yeah, we're going to have a, we are. a chill night,
1: play some Across the Obelisk. And then when someone invites themselves with you, you say, what are you doing? Yeah, Why, Why are you I following? Didn't invite you here. Why are you following? Yeah. Us? We
3: didn't invite you here. <laughs> yeah,
1: Stop being confused. Plural. All right, Fiend V. For Joe, what is your take on the Florida medical marijuana program and possible legalization in the future, if you can speak on it? Well, it, it's,
2: it's interesting. I mean, so... I, in general, favor people, you know, being able to use marijuana if they want. But I wouldn't want my kids to use it, and it's not uh, the risk-free, medicated sort of drug that it was portrayed at, portrayed as initially. So I, I don't know if you guys saw these articles. So the New York Times, Washington Post, they were all big pushers of legalization of marijuana. But just recently, like New York Times has run multiple negative articles about it. I don't know if you saw those, but basically, oh yeah, in young people. So they've run, you know, very prominent articles about how, you know, some individuals kind of develop mental illness, other harms, something called hyperemesis syndrome that, that we see not infrequently in the hospital. So sort of people that use it chronically. They go crazy. Become, start throwing up. They, they can, they vomit. They develop abdominal pain, and it's Whoa. kind of unstoppable. Uh, it's, it, you know, they they require hospitalizations. It's very severe, and there are other harms associated with it. In addition, really high quality studies have looked at the association of legalization with things like car accidents and and they've found a, an association. So in other words, you know, the implication is that people are using it and driving and, you know, and unfortunately injuring themselves, injuring other people having car accidents. that a
1: clinical study or an observational?
2: These are, these are, um, they're observational studies. They're not all wrong, Right. multiple <laughs> studies have shown, have found similar findings. So the New York times is finally, is now acknowledging harms. You know, you can look it up. They've written, they've I saw a few recent articles that are very negative on their use in kids. It's totally harmful for kids. It's not good for your brain. So medically, I think it absolutely should be available for individuals, certainly people with pain. You know, there can be a lot of challenging things. But people should realize it's not like some harmless thing. I mean, it's I, it's potentially very harmful.
0: I didn't touch it until I was 23, and I feel like I dodged a bullet. Because as a kid, I, a lot of the kids I knew that did it in high school were just had a hard, hard time paying attention in school, basically. Yeah. Their minds, you know, your yeah. intelligence goes down. Your wisdom might go up, but it's like you really got to love what you're paying attention to if you're going uh, that's up. A, that's your wisdom's
2: interesting. not going up if your intelligence is going down.
0: No, um, I,
1: I think that's actually an interesting point. I, 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 I agree with that, actually. Like, wisdom is... How, how would you define wisdom? What's the, what's the best way to do it? Knowing that you, what you think you know might be wrong. Sort of. I mean, the the saying is that uh, intelligence is knowing that, or was it knowledge, is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, and wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad.
2: No, I hear, I hear you. I mean, I would say, I would, you know, to get a little bit kind of, um, uh, I don't know, more medical and psychological on this, right? So if you take a drug that reduces your inhibitions, that reduces your attachment to sort of held beliefs that you have – other beliefs that, you know, that may not be true, that may be false or may be very rigid. And usually rigid beliefs aren't, they're usually, there's usually something behind them that's, um, that's not authentic when, when individuals have sort of rigid beliefs about things. So when you, when you take those away, your sort of clarity, I could see, you know, your, your ability to identify a belief that is more in line with who you might be, or what is you know closer to some you know some truth or or more or insight that can increase, but that's a funky way to say that you're. You know, I don't know. I'm like I'm thinking about this whole wisdom thing. I that's I'm not that's not the path to wisdom. I mean yeah. the path to wisdom ought not to be so
1: might be expensive meditation and study because it's costly.
3: The internet says intelligence can be defined as the ability to acquire and apply information, while wisdom, on the other hand, is wait hold on. Uh, intelligence is, is simply having knowledge, and wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge that you have. So,
1: yeah, maybe so some you, people you're are, you're able to apply things better, like like Sam
0: Harris. I think you said he's a, he's all knowledge and no wisdom. Not not that extreme, but yeah, he's got a deficit in wisdom. At least he's so portrayed not, so in the no intelligence or wisdom at all. <laughs> Hundred <It's> zero. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not that extreme. Well, I he's think we
3: all know people who like can quote really interesting things or recite studies or do math in their head, but like if you drop them in the middle of Anywhere, they would not be able to find their way home because they have no common sense or they're just not able to use the knowledge that they have to make make their life go forward. I guess.
0: I found with uh, with weed and meditation, it's a good combo because when I would smoke, it would be I would get my my thoughts would race, so it was more challenging to meditate. And when I could, if I could do it with THC in my system, I was way easier to do it without it. All of a sudden. All right, Brian Cooper says fifth paid comment. Will you read it? Y'all are against
1: gender surgeries, yet y'all remain quiet about circumcision. In fact, you endorsed Judaism, Tim. I don't remember ever specifically endorsing Judaism. Like that sounds very strong. I will also mention we haven't had any news stories about the prominence of political controversies surrounding circumcision,
0: but yeah. uh, I'm against it. Oh really? Uh, I just it happened to me, but I mean I don't know. What do you? What are your? What's your experience with circumcision? Do you think of it as like mutilation? I mean, you're a medical doctor.
2: Yeah, no, it's interesting. So, and there the father are some of three areas boys. that I've, yeah, I'm the father of three boys. So there's some areas that, that I've studied sort of more, more deeply in and some that I haven't. I just want to add one more thing about marijuana. So there's an old paper in a, in a, um, in I think the journal Science or Cell that basically exposes, um, brain cells to a few different chemicals, ketamine's one of them. I think THC is another one. Anyway, these chemicals are neurotoxic. So that's just—I mean, just to kind of kind of keep that in mind too. Again, things that aren't really discussed, but um, but stuff that's not great for brain cells. With circumcision, it's, it's interesting. I have not. I know that there are individuals that feel very strongly that that it's harmful to the development of of babies. It's definitely painful. There's, you know, there's no question about that. On the other side, it reduces, there's pretty good research that shows that it reduces the risk of, of sexually transmitted illnesses when, you know, when kids get, people get older. So does marriage. So that also reduces it and abstinence also reduces it. Tim, while we're talking about, well, I mean,
1: I just, (laughs) I think it's interesting, you know, I don't. I don't see that as a. I. I understand it to be true. I just yeah. don't see it as an argument for the practice. Like, well, when he's older, he can sleep around. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I think this is kind of a uniquely American debate because we have a blend of cultures in America. Whereas, like, if you are European, like, all, both my parents are European descended immigrants, you know, it's not a question because culturally, it's not as normal for them. Mm-hmm. I remember my parents like having this, telling me they would have these discussions with their friends and being like. It had never even crossed their mind to get a yeah. child circumcised because it's just culturally not normal.
0: I've got this theory that it, ex- when it happens, it exposes the nerves at the end of the penis, basically, you know, and then makes people more sensitive to sex and then more aggressive. It's, it, it actually cuts like half the nerves. off. Are you
3: saying that this is where the testosterone is going?
0: I, I don't know. I think it might make people more aggressive in later life because of that. It's like a it's like a sensitive trauma that they deal with. But you're saying it, it actually diminishes sensitivity. I don't know. It was just a theory. Cuts most of the nerves
1: off. All right, Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says wisdom is not fighting an alligator underwater. That's
0: right. But what is? wisdom is not. Yes, you have. But what is? I like that. That wisdom is the application of knowledge. If you can. That's but the problem the is, says. If, you're, if you don't have high intelligence, you get the knowledge wrong and then you apply it properly, but you got the wrong piece. Corn hmm. says, Rip Emmy. Ian, can I get some of your love for my brother Luke for
1: the loss of his chocolate lab? She was a great dog. Yeah, Luke, you got this. Not today's going to be really good. You guys, all of that, you know what I say about losing a dog is all that pain you're feeling is all of the love for your dog being expressed all at one time and you're going to remember that feeling forever. So it's a, it's a good thing. If you didn't feel that way when your dog passed, it would mean that your dog wasn't, you know, wasn't that important. That feeling is like all of that love and every everything just coming together at that one moment. So it's uh it's 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 a beautiful sadness, right? Yeah. Would you, you know, the question is when you think about it like pain, it's like, "Oh, okay. Think about it this way. We can make all that pain go away." Just never have had the dog. How does that sound? And it's like, no, absolutely not. Of course, right? The pain of your dog passing, it sucks because your dog is passing, but it's a, it's, a, it's a good expression. its its It's like all the goodness is here. You can feel it all at once.
3: Better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. Yeah.
1: All right. Kevin Clark says, is Tim trying to say his T levels are too high to worry about a helmet? Or is the lack of a helmet supposed to raise his T levels? Both. <laughs> I wear half a helmet on one side of my head. That way, if I fall on one side, I get lucky, and the other side, I die.
3: Thank you. I love the gamble.
1: (laughs) You know, I I only really wear it now when I'm going on the vert wall. It's like, again, not the biggest vert wall. It's just, it's seven, so it's a seven-foot vertical transition. But if I'm like eight or nine feet up and I'm looking down, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, it's just you're fine. You fall, you slide or whatever. I don't have knee pads on either, though. But, you know, whatever. Wear a helmet when you're going way up there. Chase Lindsay says, Hey, Tim, James Shaw is running for commissioner of agriculture in Florida. He's an organic farmer and two-way supporter running against an establishment politician. P.S. Did you get salty cracker on the show? Perhaps we should. Perhaps we should.
3: Florida primaries are tomorrow. Same with New York.
1: Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that'll be interesting. Trump endorsed some of those uh, New York Democrats be interested in to see if they can pull off a victory with his endorsement make him proud what if what if, I, I, they're gonna win and then Trump's gonna be like my endorsements are now you <laughs> see know, how great they are <laughs> yeah like i'll get them right well you like endorse nader says lex friedman got a kgb defector who became an american he counters yuri bezmanov because yuri was in india not in the u.s get that guy in the show from lex oh that'd be interesting all right, let's see. We'll grab uh, one more here from Waffle Sensei. He says, wisdom is animal handling, insight, medicine, perception, survival, and whatever else the DM allows you to add your proficiency bonus to. See, bluff. There go.
0: Yeah, I think bluff might be a wisdom check as well. You can tell when someone's lying and you can lie
1: yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to timcast.com. We're going to have an amazing uh, members only show. We're going to talk about Florida's uh, policies, COVID, vaccines and things like that. So again, go to timcast.com, sign up. You can follow the show at timcastirl. You can follow me at timcast. Joe, do you want to shout anything out? I hear you got a book.
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I've written a book. It actually comes out tomorrow, Tim, called Transcend Fear and it's about um it's about, you know, just really briefly, personally for me, you know, I I am almost, it's, it's like a miracle that I'm in the position that I'm in. And, um, and it, it started with a traumatic event that I had when I was a kid and long consequences of that that went on for years until I fell in love with my wife and had to actually sort of face them. Because one of the things about love, all of us, you know, many of us have, exper- have different types of traumatic events in our past and, um, on all of us experience daily stress and all of these things affect how we show up in the world. And, um, and for me, when I fell in love with my wife, it was, um, it was a sort of like a volcano erupting because one of the things about love is that it forces things to the surface. And so the things that don't work in your life, well, if you fall in love, you can't kind of, you can't just kind of keep them in the closet and that led to, you know, sort of a journey with my wife where I was driving her nuts and she referred me to different people. And I finally met a guy named Christopher Maher, who's a former Navy SEAL. And he used, um, techniques from Chinese medicine, stuff related to meridians, um, stuff related to chi and the flow of energy, things that like, and what that translated into was kind of physical manipulations, verbal stuff, lots of different things. And I experienced a, a, you know, priceless transformation that let me basically let me do what I did in terms of the communication, the thinking, the clear thinking, other things that led to what I'm doing now and will lead to who knows what, heaven knows what next. But, you know, but that's really the core of the book. I talk about kind of leadership and making decisions under uncertainty and kind of how why decisions were wrong and should have been recognized as being wrong at the time they were made and how leaders can avoid making similar blunders that are, you know, quite costly in the future. So that's the book right It's on. called transcend fear. Um, Tim's going to put it up on the, uh, you know, on the internet thing. Um, you can tell that I'm a real, you can get it from the evil Amazon uh, or I think Barnes and Nobles and I don't know some less, the less evil Barnes and Noble. Yeah, right. The and the slightly less evil But yeah, yeah, that's right. Right on. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll
1: we'll put it in the clips when, you know, cool. so people yeah. can have the link cuz it, it's not tomorrow yeah. said. So, right? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, sounds good. Yeah. yeah. That's
3: awesome. I definitely want to read that. I'm Hannah-Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. I think you should check it out every day. It's a great place to get all of your news, or at least some of it. Uh, I'm also on Pop Culture Crisis tomorrow at 3 p.m. with Brett and Mary. So come there and see me talk about things that are not politics, or at least adjacent to politics. Um, and you can check me out on Instagram at HannahClaire.b.
0: Uh, You guys follow me on the internet anywhere you want to. I'm at Ian Cross, and you find me all over the place. Hit me up there, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. And I'm Chris. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Make sure you check out this
1: members-only show over at TimCast.com. We're going to be recording it right now. It should be up around 11, and this one should get really interesting.
4: So thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then.